Geeks. Hello and welcome back to the Weird Geeks Show, the world's number one entertainment podcast recorded live in these rooms. That was slow because my brain is still in horror show mode. So I was like, what are the words? Still so long ago, Alex. I'm your host, Al White, and joining me for a little campsite. Campfire. Campfire. Campsite. Campside campfire chat. <laughs> Alexander Chad. Hello, everybody. Oh, it's been a while, buddy. It's nice to hear your dulcet tones again. It has been a while. People had to listen to me for many consecutive weeks over two horror retrospectives. And they tuned out. They tuned out, but I'm back. <laughs> Just when you thought it was safe. <laughs> Here he fucking is to talk about nerdy video games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we haven't got to talk about it. We do like, so you and I text, um, it's been really nice actually, someone, I've been a bad friend to some new friends recently and I realize it's because I can only really cope with about three friends at a time mm-hmm. in my life because, you know, I'd rather be like a good friend and then a terrible friend yeah. and an okay friend all the time. Sure. And you and I have been actually texting quite a bit because we're playing video games, but we haven't been able to talk. That was my way of basically letting you know that yeah. our texts mean I'm a terrible friend to many other people right now. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I've also just been bombarding you with a lot of texts as I've been <laughs> the other playing this game. <laughs> I mean, we'll get we'll get to that story in a bit. <laughs> we'll get because that's that'll be towards the end of the podcast because that's uh, that was that was a highlight of my week. And I mean, and I with, genuinely um, couldn't stop laughing. Oh yeah, I can't wait to get to that story. But like <laughs> uh, with with some of the games that we've been playing lately and sort of texting each other about, not all of them, but one of the main ones. We've done a very classic thing that you and I do when we're not in the same country and sort of tiptoe around yeah. what we both think of the game because we know we're probably <laughs> yeah. going to podcast about it. So we have these sort of very, oh, how can I describe it? We just never, we, we sort of, yeah, tiptoe around what we really think. Other than the last game we're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, other than the last we've been game. quite blunt. <laughs> yeah. But everything else, yeah. Yeah. We've flirted. We've flirted. But yeah, the last game we have been very, very vocal. <laughs> Okay, we'll get there. Hello, if you're new to us, please go on out to wearegeeks.com, wearegeeks.com, or better yet, cut out the middleman. The middleman being the internet. Go on your phone, go to iTunes or the podcast. Don't let the man tell you what to do. Don't let Google be a conduit that's recording your entire lives. Jesus. Let your phone be the conduit that (laughs) records your entire (laughs) lives. And type in We Are Geeks on the podcast thing. Subscribe to us, rate to us. It really does help us out a whole bunch because, by the love of God, we don't don't do patrons. We're not going to do any banner ads. And for the love of Hideo Kojima, we're not going to try and sell you any... Dumplings. Without the, uh, I don't think I'm going to put in what we were recording before <laughs> okay. we started this Sorry. podcast, so people might not appreciate that. But yeah, no, we're not. I'm not going to say you need something. It's accurate. Yeah. I recommend them though. They're pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. I just realized that out of context now, that could that could seem slightly inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's up to, it's like a Rorschach test. People can project into it as they will. Okay. Do you know what's cool about dumplings though? What? Is, think about a Chinese dumpling. Yeah. Now think about an English dumpling. Yeah, okay. Now think about a Russian dumpling. Yeah. A lot of different types of dumplings. And they're not remotely the same. No, they're not. I'm trying to, what's an English dumpling? An English dumpling's like, it's like, it's quite yeasty, isn't it? It's like a little breaded, not breaded. Like a more bready thing. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you get them in a stew with some dumplings yep. floating about in there, and they're really sort of heavy. They're a bit yeah, like stuffing. Okay. Yeah, now I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so. that is it's completely been a lot of times different. Since I had one. Yeah. yeah, that's not the same, is it? No. Cool shenanigans. We need look, guys. We need more words, not less words. Because I mean, those English dumplings aren't really a pouch for goodies inside. No, much. They're really <laughs> and they're they're pretty. That <laughs> you can just let explode in your mouth. <laughs> they're really heavy as well. Yeah, an English dumpling. But I think we should change. We should create. They should be called plumplings from now on. Plumplings, sure. Okay. Yeah, because you're for sure going to get plump eating them. Yeah, you will. There's no shame in that. Enjoy your life. Do what you got to do. We're on podcast 114, by the way. Wow. Uh, we do these randomly. Well, we would be on podcast like 500, but we've quit this podcast. If there are any listeners that have listened to all 114 episodes of this podcast, please email us. If you've listened to all 500 or whatever, like including the retrospectives, please send us some condolence letters for Nate. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's. I mean, sometimes I still, you know, say a little eulogy to him for dinner every yep. night. Yeah, he's he's missed. Yeah, <laughs> he's noted. <laughs> yeah, maybe one day his voice will come back from beyond the grave. Oh yeah, I try, I tested out our mail because we don't get that much mail because we're not that popular. And it was working when I wrote it in, I think, but I don't think it was working when I did it directly through the website or something weird like that. So we're going to have to do some more tests. So some people might have been emailing us. If you have been emailing us and we haven't replied, we're not just dicks. I mean, we are probably partially dicks, mm. but we would probably have read out your email on a podcast. We absolutely would have. So I would recommend, honestly, not to fuck around, but yeah, do, just send us a DM. Yeah, mm-hmm. which we'll give our details at the end of the end of the podcast. But send us a DM on Instagram, Twitter. I check those almost daily and tend yeah. to reply to as many people as I can. Even the inappropriate ones. Let me read out one I got today. All right. Which I enjoyed. Not inappropriate, actually, but just amusing. Are you going to say who it's from or are you going to keep it anonymous? No, I think they deserve they deserve uh, the shout out. Okay. This is from Hustler Fishing. All right. Who are ported in Huntington Harbor. They got a little picture of a boat in the sea. They said to me on Instagram, nice page. Enjoyed. Be a privilege to have you follow. Be honored and sincerely grateful. You are respectfully invited to follow Hustler Fishing. <laughs> we follow back and we stay following as long as you do, but they didn't spell you right. We never unfollow unless we're unfollowed. Cheers, Captain John wow. from Huntington Beach, Hustler Fishing, California. And they have a great little slogan under their name, which is live hard, love hard, fish hard. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> and very polite. Very respectful. I need to look up this hustler fishing. Not all of mine <laughs> that respectful. I get an alarming amount of messages actually from like young teenagers asking me how to get into film. Oh, so it is a full on fishing page. I thought it might have yeah. had something to do with hustler. <laughs> no, that's what I thought. I mean, the following, so they're on my Instagram. And just to be clear, my Instagram has some not safe for work pictures. And hustler, you know, I presumed hustling and fishing. I don't know. I thought there'd be something, some connection there. Yeah. Nope. They just love to fucking fish. I mean, as their slogan says. Yeah. But they enjoyed your page, which is very Remember, nice. live hard, love hard, fish hard. <laughs> I mean, uh, who were? I love yeah. it. Anyway, we're flirting around what we're here to do, Alex. We're going to talk about them video games. Let's and do it. And if you it. think that we're too nerdy, Lana Del Rey wrote a fucking song about it. 
So we're pretty cool. She's back in vogue. People like yeah. her this year again, don't they? Yeah. She's new back. album. Some say yeah. it's her best. Really? Who says that? I haven't listened to it. Uh, I mean, there's enough people. Surely someone said that. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, that's definitely not untrue. Someone said it's her best album. Someone said it, for sure. I've been listening to a lot. I'm trying to like compile my lists because we're right there, man. We're right at 2020 is looming. And all the people on my Twitter feeds have been, all the critic friends have been like compiling their best films of the decade lists. Oh, yeah. Well, this is the end of the Ooh. decade. These are going to be some big lists. Big old listies. Oh, my God. If we do a podcast, it's going to go for two I days. Think we should throw it, I, really, I think we should throw that in. I feel like we should do, you know, our normal fucking shit show. <laughs> and then we should have a little thing at the end of it when everyone hates each other. Yeah. Well, we don't get to discuss it, but we can just read out our personal, you know, top 10 films of the decade or something like that. Right. Pretty cool. But what was my point in all of that stuff with the thing? Yeah, but um, when Tom was around, then he's been compiling his best albums of the decade. Yeah. Because he's he's really into the, yeah, doing that. And then we started talking about the albums of the year, and I realized a lot of albums I've missed, so I've been just listening to a lot of music last four days. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm up till six in the morning, lying in bed, listening to a lot of goddamn music, playing a video game we're going to talk about later on. (laughs) Yeah. And I I found some little, I found some ones I really like. I think if there's anything. And actually, as we record this, I'm about to go into the next day and then tomorrow the new Beck album comes out. Ooh. The last ever Leonard Cohen album comes out that he actually partially recorded before he died and then his son has finished it off at his wishes. It was cool. like the last thing he said to him pretty much. And then the new uh, double disc Coldplay album comes out. So that's like a trio of very different musics. Wow. So I'm going to check out. Your ears are going to be overloaded. Too much, too much music. I'm going to recommend this week people listen to Great Grandpa, Four of Arrows. Okay. It's a cool album. Enjoy responsibly. Thank you, Al. Well, you're not responsible with music, so I you will, should probably stay away. I will throw it in the cassette player. It's a good one to fish hard to. Oh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great. Yes, video games. Right. So, we're going to do a few nods to a few things, but then we're going to talk more heavily about the main games. So, a lot of video games came out. We had a drought for a long period, didn't we? And then we, you and I chimed in on some of the new games that came out mm. a few months ago when we had Blair Witch, Control, yep. uh, Far Loan Sales was suddenly recognized as a great game, which it is. And then there was another little mini drought. Yep. And just to be clear, those games that came out then, I don't think there was anything that was like triple A. There was a lot of sort of like, okay, cool. Now we've got a lot of interesting, decent games. Yeah. This is like, this is the time. End yeah. of year, that was, prior to Christmas. That was like a little tease, I felt, those last games. And that was not, like first date. Yeah. This is second date, getting kissy-kissy. Yeah, it's getting hot and heavy. really is. And I don't think there's much left, is there? I think there's, hang on, no, hang on, wait, there's one more big game. Is I felt there? Like someone said something. Well, Last of Us got pushed. Doom got pushed. What games are releasing in December? I felt like there's one more. Here, I'll quickly, I'll quickly look. Yeah, uh, if you can look it up, I'm going to start. I'm okay. going to start wrapping on. So yeah, I'm going to talk quickly. I got. We got. We're going to talk about some Call of Duty. We can talk about Borderlands Three, Need for Speed, Outer World, Star Wars Jedi, Death Stranding, Luigi's Mansion Three, Shenmue Three, and a tiny bit of Pokemon. Nothing there. Nothing interesting. No, not really. All right. Well, let's go through these. And uh, to be clear, I'd, I would like to come back again in another couple of weeks or something and do an update because some of these I haven't played enough of yet. So some of these will just be first opinions. That is fair. A couple, <coughs> I think at least three will be pretty heavy opinions from you and I. Yeah. Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Not at all confusing since Call of Duty 4 was called Modern Warfare. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, fuck's happening. <laughs> yeah, I don't play the online. I know there's a whole bunch of different types of online that some people had some problems with. And then there's meant to be the new sort of uh, Battle Royale version of it coming out. I haven't touched that stuff. I was just playing the campaign because last year they didn't have a campaign. This year they're back to having a campaign. And How people was were saying campaign? it's a good one. I haven't played that much of it. I played a, f- a few hours. And to be honest, I was just like, oh. Like part of me was like, maybe I'll be kinder to these now. I've had a couple of years without it, you know? Yeah. But I feel this way about a lot of things in life. Everything's just shouting at it. It's just so obnoxious. It's just like, just <laughs> right. stop. Yeah. So there's literally a bit in the second level where you, you, you're in London. And it's, it was genuinely about 50 yards away from where I was playing it. <laughs> like yeah. literally. So you it's sent like me a right video the of, that, of, my of you playing that little bit and i just thought it was really funny because you were like oh, i'm just gonna go to my house there should be a tesco's right there <laughs> yeah not yeah it's not correct <laughs> and then you turn the corner and there's piccadilly circus there and these cars are just like crashing and exploding and everyone's shooting each other and you're killing civilians accidentally which is i guess the point and it's just a fucking nightmare and i'm just like just just calm down <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's just so big and obnoxious and it's yeah. like this for me personally i get some for some people that is entertaining for me it's like this isn't entertaining like it does nothing for me mm-hmm. i need like you know some nice pacing and some little breathing moments and some reflective moments and then suddenly a spike of something that means something not just throw everything at the screen yeah you know, yeah in mayhem so i personally not wasn't enjoying it and i don't i don't think i'll go back I think my first-person shooter days where I just wanted the action from them is gone. Like, I want first-person shooters that, yeah, are giving something else now. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny. I remember when we both started playing The Last Far Cry, Far Cry 5, how oh, yeah. we had felt that with the opening of that game, they had shifted into that Call of Duty style with the big, yeah. like, just throwing you into, like, immediate crazy action, things exploding everywhere. And it was like, yeah, this is, this is different. <laughs> Yeah, it's a bad opening to that game. I forgot about it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm fatigued as well. I, I just deleted New Dawn from my console because mm-hmm. I was always like, I'll go back and do more of that. And uh, I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to. Yeah. I really hope they take a little bit of time off of Far Cry and come back with something different because, mm-hmm. yeah, that was too much. Too much. Speaking of first-person shooty-shooties, Borderlands 3 came out. Have you played any of these ever? I've played... Just a, like a little bit of the first one, I think, but okay. not much. Yeah. I pl- I played the first one to completion all co-op with some friends, sort of dropping in and dropping out. And it, w- it would, wouldn't always work back then because if you were XP'd up to a different level and someone came in who was like new to it, then you would just, you know, you could just walk through and destroy every enemy for them <laughs> <laughs> because it was very easy for you. But yeah, I remember playing that one through to the end, getting to the vault. There's this big old thing that you're destroying at the end. I got trapped in some scenery. I like fell through the floor, <laughs> which might be similar to some stories we'll tell later, and got trapped inside the floor for the entire fucking battle. And this battle went on for about <laughs> half an hour. And I couldn't log out because it was I was hosting, so it was going to like fuck it up for my teammates. They then finished it, and as I was secretly hoping they wouldn't, so we could do it together. <laughs> completed the game i don't don't get to see the cutscenes, and then it just goes to end credits and <laughs> they're no longer your friends <laughs> no yeah no i don't remember their names <laughs> yeah so that was frustrating and then borderlands 2 i was playing but it was just whatever the timings just weren't right for me i was doing stuff at the time and i didn't have the right group of people to play it with because i do think borderlands i know some people play them single player it's not the same like they're definitely games you meant to play with some friends Right. So for this one, uh, yeah, me and Katie were, you know, in different continents and we're looking for something to play. And I was like, well, this is great. You like shooty shooties. 
this will be a great thing we can dabble in. And we played it a lot for about two weeks. We played it nearly every night. We had a really great time with it. It's very classic Borderlands. The shooting feels fantastic. The style is kind of cool. The humor's you know, pretty decent. It's very much the same sort of thing. And yeah, they've added a couple of options for how you can decide you're splitting loot and stuff, which is nice. Uh, but to be honest, it got to a point, again, just with like, just with all the shooting that you have to do in shooting games, where I wasn't getting anything really out of the story. There's not much exploring. It was just about the action and the action's excellent and fun. And it broke my heart because I really wanted to play online with her. I was enjoying that. But she mm-hmm. would start texting me to be like, hey, do you want to play some Borderlands? I was like, not really. <laughs> and it was just because I'm like, I just don't feel like just killing things, you know, in this sort of almost endless loop, you know. Yeah, yeah. That said, I won't talk about this podcast, but when we get to our end of the year, Apex Legends is, t- is still one of my favorite experiences of all time. So, And that's literally an endless loop. But no, I, I don't know. I, I think it should deserve a pretty high score. It's not revelatory. It's basically doing what the other ones did. But yeah, you just have to be in a, the right point of your life, I guess. And definitely you need some friends to play with. Let's talk about Outer Worlds for a bit then. We'll break these up a bit because I, then I don't have to talk as much. So the Outer Worlds, obviously from the developers um, uh, Obsidian, who actually did the original Fallouts before, not the Fallout 3, which I think nowadays people think of that as the original Fallout. But, mm-hmm. but the original Fallouts, which were very different games. And then they were brought in some of that team to make Fallout New Vegas, which for some yeah. people is their favorite Fallout. And they did Knights of the Old Republic as well too, not the first one. Yeah, uh, second one. Yeah, and this was them very bluntly just saying to the world, hey, we never got to do another Fallout game. Here is us doing a Fallout game. How we want to do it. We're going to steal all the systems that we like. We're going to just, you know, take all the stuff we like, reinvent the stuff we didn't like. And it kind of is, yeah, like and the TV show go Firefly. Yeah, it's literally like a bit of Knights of the Republic, a whole lot of Fallout, and mm-hmm. a lot of the TV show Firefly basically <clears throat> mixed into one video game. Yep. You've played way more of it than me, so you go. Yeah, go, so I played this, I think, right on release, not really going into it with any sort of expectations or anything. I'd seen a few trailers, and it was one of those games where I think in the lead up to it, for me personally, I'd see kind of trailers and I'd be like, oh, that kind of looks cool, and then it would sort of drop off my radar, and then it would come back, which was nice. So, I, I went into it, yeah, with no expectations and just fell in love with it pretty much immediately. For me, I hadn't played Fallout New Vegas, so I, I couldn't relate it to that game. I mean, I can relate it to the uh, Fallout 4. That, that's the only Fallout I've played. So I could definitely see those similar mechanics. For me, I definitely I could really feel the vibes of Knights of the Old Republic in just how it kind of set out the story and your interactions with characters. There's something really simple about it that I really like. It feels like a game where they've trimmed all the fat and then not try to be super flashy with with things and just given like a very kind of clean sort of game mechanics and narrative and and the way the sort of characters interact not a whole lot of cutscenes but it's just really absorbing it's a really cool story and i mean i love that it's in space and that you're kind of you have this open story to kind of choose and decide how you you want to be and and how you want to play that out certainly doesn't feel as big and as expansive as the last fallout but yeah i've loved it man i have really really loved it so i know you're playing other stuff at the moment is it one that you're still dabbling in or are you intending to go back to it once you've Uh, seen through some of these yeah some of the other big titles that have come out now have, have taken over 
But I think I said to you when I first started playing Outer Worlds, I was like, this is a game that I'm going to really enjoy like dropping in and out of. And, you know, and I feel with some games, when you leave them too long, it can be really difficult to drop back into them and sort of firstly have the sort of like feel comfortable on the controls again and and, and knowing the game, but also sort of catching up as to where you left off. And I know with especially a big sort of open world game like this, that can feel really daunting, but I already know like I'm going to be able to drop straight back into this and pick up from where I left off, even if I do leave it for a while. And a part of me is really looking forward to that because I do love having a game that sort of in between other big game releases that I can just always go back to. Yeah, and I've really enjoyed this. And the, the the characters, there's like a real, there is a real charm to the characters. And yeah, that does feel very Firefly, Does has a little kind of Star Wars vibe as well, as far as like the wit and humor that's mixed in with, with the characters and, and what's going on. And yeah, I, I actually have, I don't know how many hours I've played, but I put in a fair amount of time because it came out the week before Death Stranding. It was released two weeks before on a 25th. Yeah. Um, oh, of that's right. October. Yeah. End of October. So, yeah, I got a good, good chunk of time with this game. Yeah. There's, there's so much more that, like, I've barely scratched the surface, I think. Yeah. I've already seen some of the nominations for the end of year. It's obviously getting on some of them. I don't, I think it's already being forgotten a little bit just because some mm. of the sort of more contentious games that have come out afterwards. I think everyone was kind of in agreement. Like, I played a few hours of it, really enjoyed what I played. But then, yeah, the game started coming out. And then I was like, yeah, I'm definitely going to go back to it, but I need to like, I need that sit down with a five hour full, you know, single playthrough that really gets you into it. Yeah. Gets you into the headspace of it. Because it does just feel just like Fallout, which I really enjoy. I prefer, I prefer their kind of excuse for the slowdown mechanic here than Vaults. Like I already had a, always had a problem with Vaults, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the world's just a bit more, you know, well, because they're worlds, they're a bit more enjoyable. Like they're a bit more enticing. Yeah, um, it's got it's kind of got a little bit of obviously not the same aesthetic as Skyrim and Elder Scrolls, but I that's why I always preferred Elder Scrolls to Fallout. It's like I want to explore that world, whereas Fallout is like, eh. yeah, yeah, <laughs> everything's burnt out, you know. Yeah, I'm definitely going to go back to it and put more time now. I'm waiting basically to tidy up some of these games that are a little bit more messy in my head. Whereas Outer Worlds, I feel like I have a firm grasp of. I know exactly what you are, um, and that's cool. Like I know what you're going to occupy for me. I'm a little bit inventory fatigued right now right so that's my only kind of concern with it is like yeah when i was playing it i was like oh i don't know if i'm in the right frame of mind right now to be worrying about becoming over encumbered and all of that stuff you know and yeah and you know how i really enjoy games where naked there is a sense <laughs> i really enjoy games naked where there is a genuine sort of openness and and space and the game gives you time to kind of just wander and explore and discover sort of new narrative threads or just stumble upon different characters that draw you off into other directions and and this really delivers that and the thing is is like with this game like i, I play it and you know compared to other games that have come out in the last few years or even recently it's nowhere near the prettiest looking game there's this weird sort of like simplicity almost sort of throwback feel to it but just what they do they do it really well, like really, really well. And I feel like they just really nailed it, which I've, I really I've heard love. some people who have played all of all of the fallouts and stuff say that this is actually the best story that's ever been. There's some, if you mm -hmm. counted this as a fallout game, they're like, this is the best story that has ever been in a fallout game, like the best written. Yeah. And that intrigues me. So. There was this one of the really cool bits, and it's very, very early on, like when you get off the first planet, which in itself 
I'd spent hours on before I'd even left the first planet, which was really cool. And you go to this sort of space station-y larger ship called the Groundbreaker. And there's a bit in that where you're in the landing bay for a little bit and you kind of have to speak to like an immigration officer to get in and speak to some officers. And there's this cool bit where there's these big giant sliding doors. And when you first go through it, it just opens up and it's like this sort of cityscape within the space station and it's just like all neon lights and there's drones flying by and it was just so cool and so affecting yeah it just got me really excited because I, I haven't played a game like this in in space and it was just like wow this is all of the flavors and tones and feel that i want it was just really really cool well that was something i was gonna ask Sorry, like, yeah what were you gonna say no well that was you're feeding into it exactly is is how would you feel if they, you know, if again, you could easily slap Fallout on the brand of this game and just be like, yeah, this is a Fallout game, but we're in a different future, you know, we're in a different planet's future rather than just this post-apocalyptic future. But you could also just easily slap on here Star Wars as a yeah, game and change totally. some of the races of the creatures you meet. Like, how would you feel with something like that? Is that, would that be exciting? Yeah, like for me, if, if it was, uh, yeah, if it was those two, if, if you slapped Star Wars onto it and yeah, you changed some of the are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm just dying to spike you. <laughs> yeah, if you slapped Star Wars onto it and brought in some familiar Star Wars aliens and and kind of littered it with some Star Wars lore, I, I I would love that so much. It would be the like the immersive Star Wars game that I've wanted, and not like making it a Jedi style game, like making it where you're just a a regular Joe, yeah, in the galaxy. But at the same time, that doesn't take anything away from this game. I mean, I think on its own, it's really, really enjoyable. And it's very clear where the influences of this game are coming from. And I think, you know, you could slap either of those labels onto it and it would still be an excellent game. But I, I feel like it, I don't want to take any credit away from from what they've created, which is which I really have really, really enjoyed. Well, I'm sure people will be hearing from it in our end of end of year. Absolutely. Game episode. And, and that's it. It's like it has come out. I think they released it at a, at a great time, but because of what has followed, it's it's definitely slipped under the radar a bit. I think it's also people have seen this game before. Like this might mm -hmm. be the best one, you know? Yeah, <clears> yeah. But people have seen this before, like the way it's been done and the way it handles, where we've got yeah. some, one in particular, but we've got some interesting games that mm -hmm. are doing new things for better or worse so i feel like it's 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 there's less of a conversation about it everyone was just like yeah that's a great game whereas yeah. these other games people are like oh, it's the best game of the year or fucking hate it or you know normal internet nightmare stuff yeah which we're gonna feed into <laughs> cool okay other games came out need for speed heat i played a bit of that if you like driving that's a game where you drive things it's all right. It's not the best. It's not the best. Like the, the driving gameplay is still excellent in it, but I don't think the setup's necessarily the most interesting. I played a tiny bit of Pokemon Sword and Shield, and I'm going to play more because that's on Switch. It's the first, you know, first ever po true core Pokemon game on a console rather than on a handheld. Yeah. I'm still frustrated because I remember being like in 99 or whatever when the Pokemon games were coming out and the Pokemon TV show was on and I was way too old to be watching it, but I was <laughs> watching a lot of Pokemon. I was in the cinema for like the first movie and the second movie. And I remember saying then like, no, I'm not playing Pokemon. I'll play it when it comes to consoles and it's a fucking open world RPG Zelda style. That's when I'll play Pokemon. Yeah. 
and I can't believe it's 20 years and it's still not happened. Like, this is not <laughs> that game. This is still like a weird sort of top-down, you know, it's just a better-looking handheld Pokemon yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. And I hate turn-based battles, so, you know, I'm not really going to enjoy Pokemon anyway. But I don't know. If you like Pokemon, I've heard people really raving about these two, so I'm going to give them a little bit of go just because it's on the Switch, so why not? But yeah, it's not the Pokemon game I was, I was hoping. I think a weird game that came out but didn't come out. I think it came over there. It's Terminator Resistance. And this is a first-person shooter that I hadn't heard about. Right. Um, and it came out... Is it tied into the recent movie at all? I think it's just timed to the recent movie. I don't know right. if it's tied into it. It came out like a week ago, something like that, um, in America. And in the UK, it was like, yeah, it's coming out on this day. It's coming out on this day. So I pre-ordered it, pre, you know, hoped to, to preload it to then play it. And then when I went to play it, it was like, oh, no, this isn't out yet. And I was like, what? <laughs> so I waited till the next day. And I was like, no, no, this isn't out yet. And then I checked on the UK store and its release date had been moved to like fucking 2020 sometime. Enjoy that like, game, Al. So what the fuck is happening? <laughs> um, so I don't know if it did end up coming US and just got delayed in UK for some reason, or if it literally on the day of release got delayed everywhere. But it has not had good reviews. So I presume it did come out some places because there are reviews of it. <laughs> it's going to be a piece of shit. All right, let's do some Luigi. Luigi! That's another Switch game. Um, yeah. My friend Lee was here. I was trying to get him on the podcast to talk about it because he's played quite a lot of these games as well and had some opinions. <laughs> he didn't really enjoy Outer Worlds, if I'm remembering correctly. He didn't even want to play Death Stranding because everything he read told him it was all the stuff he doesn't like about Kojima games put into one game. Right. He was playing some Jedi, but we'll get to that later. I should also mention, by the way, we're going to talk about The Mandalorian. That's going to be the one. Yes. So hang in there, folks. Thing. Don't worry, we'll get there. We'll get to hear about Baby Not Yoda. <laughs> I got shit then for, for point, doing what you did, pointing out that it's not Yoda. <laughs> And then people are like, um, uh, people don't actually think it's Yoda. It's like, yeah, yeah I've legitimately seen people who think it's fucking Yoda. Yeah. Like they're, they're all excited because like, finally, the origin of Yoda story. Yeah. Like, no. Wrong. Just read. Uh, Luigi's Mansion 3, that old scaredy plumber. It's not a mansion, no, it's a lie. It's a hotel. It's a so hotel. it should be Luigi's Hotel 1. Hotel One, yeah. I love like everyone got really hung up at the beginning of this game that Mario and Peach go into different bedrooms. Mm. <laughs> I love that that was that. the talking point. Uh, and I love also that Mario just says all of his catchphrases and they try and make it work in the context of each situation. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. Uh, you play? Have you played Luigi's Mansions before? No, not before this one. I had okay. not. So Are I was coming into this, one, this brand you? new. I played a little bit of this. Bethany and I got it and we're like, great, this is going to be, we haven't had a co-op game to play together in a while. But then I was surprised that you have to go through a whole kind of section of the game before yeah, co-op becomes an option. So, <laughs> I was playing and she's like, uh, am I ever going to get to play this? And I was like, just <laughs> just wait. And I unlocked the co-op bit, but we haven't actually played co-op together yet. I had exactly the same experience with Katie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then so I now- mean, we did we did pass the pad back and forth. <laughs> yeah. So now I was like, there's moments when I'm, I've got the switch on my bedside table. I'm like, do I just keep playing? <laughs> or do I like <laughs> wait and see if Bethany wants to play? But yeah, such a fun little game. Awesome animations. Really, really good animations. 
yeah, I really enjoyed it. But again, it just kind of, it also got swallowed up by the other releases. Vacuum cleaner. Yeah. Um, Did yeah, you enjoy it? Lee's playing a lot of it. I played the first two. Well, I played the first one. The second one I dabbled in a little bit. And yeah, I was looking forward to it. I do think this is maybe the best one. I think the dynamics are really cool. A lot of Nintendo games I struggle with where I'm like, yes, this is an excellent game. I played these games, you know, like yeah, I've, yeah. I've done this before. But also where it's just, I was saying to Lee, people, and I, this isn't looking down on anyone's taste for anything, but my personal taste, like I've been in video games my whole life, but I was waiting my whole life for fucking Skyrims and for, yeah, yeah. you know, Death Strandings and then for little weird games, you know, mm-hmm. like weird emotional games, like, you know, this Dragon Cancer and stuff like that. Just, you know, far loan sales. And so I've been waiting for like, artistic expressions and then just huge worlds to explore and the older i get the less i want to do i I don't play games really for the challenge or for the just you know gameplay um, classic sort of gameplay elements and i know some people do that's what they want they want to play it for the game elements i don't so playing something like luigi's mansion it's like yeah i can appreciate this as a party game essentially you know this is great Mm -hmm. as a let's sit down and play this and there's actually a luigi's mansion level in was it nintendo land or something like that yeah yeah and for me it works better in that stuff where it's just here's a little section of it but i think it's a very good game like i'll give it probably an eight out of ten from what i've played of it but it's just Mm -hmm. not really something that i'm that interested in i'm more likely to play it in co-op than i am by myself to be honest yeah it's funny like with all the switch releases so far i mean everything with the exception of breath of the wild compared to sort of our other consoles is the only one where bethany and i will both kind of be like oh cool we want to play that because it is Mm -hmm. that sort of like some more sort of party feel to it and, and knowing like, oh, if we have people over, we can put this on. It'll be really fun. And yeah, yeah. no, that's what it is for me. It is the party console. Like yeah. you can put Mario, Mario party and yeah, you can put on whatever. Although maybe Other next games. time I have you and a bunch of people around, I'll just have you watch me play Breath of the Wild. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could do it the, you know, was it the LinkedIn way that they did an IGN? with brian altano and zach where you can just like you can take one half of the joy con and i'll take right. the other joy con they played that they played the whole game through like that can you believe it did they yeah That's they nuts. had a series which i think they stopped where they would play games like that which that one worked because they called it linked in after yeah Link. yeah um and then it didn't work as well but yeah it'll be fun to try one game like that so okay so now we've got the biggies all the biggies oh one, here we go let's do one biggie then I'll talk about Shenmue briefly because I haven't yep. got to really get my teeth into that. And then we'll do the other biggie. Okay. So we're going to start with probably, I would say, the most publicly contentious game of the year. Mm-hmm. Trying to think of anything else. I'd say this is it, which is Death Stranding. Hideo yep. Kojima's first post-Konami Fallout. Not the game Fallout. This is his Fallout yeah, and the first thing he's released, I mean, the first game proper since Metal Gear Solid Five. obviously he was involved with PT as well, which is not the BTs that you see in this, to get confused. <laughs> yeah, were you serious when, when you sent me a message and you were like, I Gen- thought they were B- PTs? Absolutely, and this is Hideo Kojima, like he's yeah. a tricksy little motherfucker, like he yeah, would totally, yeah. I was like, okay, these are PTs, and at some point this is actually going to tie into PT in some way, like not mm-hmm. that we're going to go back to PT, but just say it'll be in the same universe or something weird, yeah. you know? Totally, of course he would do something like that. He's a crazy person. Could still be in there somewhere. <laughs> Could be. But no, they're BTs. They're the phone <laughs> company, British Telecom. 
All right, Death Stranding. How the fuck do we unpack this game? Lots and lots of people love it. Lots of people are just flat out saying not only the best game of the year, best game of the console generation, which is saying something considering the exclusive PlayStation 4 has had uh, for this generation. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of people, of course, absolutely hating it. Yeah, it's Um, just like some comments I've seen on Twitter. One guy was like the cult of kojima think he's a genius blah 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 <laughs> it was just like and i was like mm-hmm. whoa like people feel very passionately sort of one way or the other it seems to be fair i'm well okay we'll get into it i'm gonna say some things that sound a little bit like that but okay. i hope from a more medium ground than yeah the extremist <laughs> wait a minute i was reading your tweet <laughs> <laughs> that's just called my twitter account alex i don't know <laughs> uh, that, yeah, I think there's a lot of artists who make something great and then we presume everything they make is genius mm-hmm. and we read into all the things they're doing. I mean, look, what, love it or hate it, I'm going to say this right off the bat. Death Stranding is a mess of ideas. Like there right. are so many ideas that he's shoved into this game. Like it normally for a game, you'd have just like, okay, Futurescape, you're working from East Coast America to West Coast America trying to reconnect it. There are these things that are kind of invisible, but when it rains, you sense them. And that's the gameplay mechanic. Off you go. And that'll yeah. be enough. Yeah. He then adds, also, there are fucking whale things. There's this big old black like mess of stuff. There's a whole faction of people who are trying to do this thing. There's a babies that you plug into yourself, which are flashback memories of stuff. Then we've got like the whole co-op like online stuff which isn't co-op but everyone's world is affecting everybody else's world thing there's like Mm -hmm. millions of teeming meta commentaries in there we've got yeah like norman reedus's own tv shows like just (laughs) yeah that bit made me cringe a little bit (laughs) you you turn your feces into bombs like there's so much going on in here uh don't you turn your feces into bombs in the real world (laughs) al <laughs> Have we Every not had this do- conversation before? What do you think monkeys do? do? <laughs> <laughs> I've been living life wrong. <laughs> Um, every time you do that and then the vial turns orange, I'm like, ooh. <laughs> like, it really upsets me. <laughs> the shade of color it is. But no, like, yeah, I just want to say whether people love it or hate it, uh, I would argue with the people who are just like, oh, Hideo Kojima is this like masterful genius. Mm. Um, because I think the word genius is obviously overused in many, many ways. But yep. I also think he is clearly an incredibly brave, incredibly innovative man. And he always has yep. been. And I always enjoy his games, whether I like them or not. I enjoy them more when he's allowing himself to be crazy. And this is, without a doubt, his most crazy game. Yeah. And I mean, you've got to give him like a huge amount of respect for that. And, you know, there's appreciate the fact that yeah that he's had the freedom for this giant the big title to basically just do what he wants <laughs> wherever that ends up landing or how you how you absorb the game i think it's like just to have someone to have free reign and just be like i'm gonna do it how i want to do it and that's like yeah. with all arts i mean you experience this as a filmmaker it's just like to have that absolute freedom sometimes when you have so many different voices like pitching in of like this is what you can do or this is what you can't do these are your restrictions blah 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 it's it deserves a huge amount of respect yeah no it does and i yeah i think you're absolutely right and for me this year in particular us midsummer and this for me personally 
and there's a you know long complicated discussions about what those films can mean and how much enjoyment you can get out of them but it's it's a year that's proven to me that a creative having all the control isn't always for the best of the product yeah for me personally uh, and I would, I would have, but to be fair, I would have thrown Once Upon a Time in Hollywood under that bus as well. In terms of, I love it; it's one of my favorite Tarantino movies. But I think objectively, it's terribly self-indulgent and nowhere near as smartly written as his other films. But I went and saw it again, and actually noticed lots of little things in there, which actually I do think, I, th- I do think it's still self-indulgent, and I do think he made some silly, um, not silly, purposeful mistakes where he just didn't give a fuck. But, but yeah, I do think giving the creative all the power is a wonderful thing to do and i love seeing what can come from that when you have someone as creative as hideo kojima at the helm mm-hmm. but i do think those things can then sometimes eat themselves as well so let's get into a proper opinion alex you're going to talk for a bit take me through because like playing death surrounding this is the game that you and i haven't really talked about how we feel about it we've just yeah flirted take flirted. me through your experience because i do feel this is a game that you don't just start playing it and know how you feel about it you know? Yeah, I think that's correct. I mean, so rewind a little bit to when we did our 4th of the July podcast and we discussed like these are the games and movies coming out before the end of the year. What are you anticipating the most? And this was the top of my list. And I think part of that anticipation was just like having that understanding like, oh, Hideo Kojima has been given free reign here. We're going to get something like batshit crazy and it could be great, it could be bad, it could be somewhere in between, but I just fucking want it. <laughs> like that, that's how I felt like going into it. I was like, this is going to be something wild and I don't care how it turns out and I just want it. So yeah, I went into it right off the bat, first night, loaded it up, had Bethany watch the sort of opening with me and immediately my immediate response was like, great, I'm, I'm, I love this tone, I love this setup and this intro. We had the kind of if you have the first kind of cutscene where you get a sort of a sense of the time for rain and how it affects living things, and then we get the cutscene with Norman Reedus speaking to oh, I forgot the actress's name, the one that plays Fragile. Oh, Leah Sidu. Yeah, Leah Sidu. That's it. And then immediately you're literally just walking with your backpack without sort of knowing so much where to go or what to do or the mechanics yet, and it was kind of a very sort of gentle tutorial, I suppose. And then we get the don't be so serious by low roar playing as you kind of descend this mountain and for me i was like i'm 100 percent in like this is what i want like and this is like not knowing where it's going to go what's going to be asked of me but in my thinking i was like if this is it if this is just me it's going to be these beautiful landscapes openness and this sort of quietness and stillness to it like this is what like i love that kind of shit and i can just walk and wander yeah and so that was kind of the very immediate response that I had was just, it really hit all these bits of what I like in games, tonally and the feel and the mechanics and the sort of the the fact that it was just kind of, it was going to ease, ease me into whatever was happening. Let's take this in chunks then, actually, because I think it would be good to like talk about that first hour and then that first map and then the yep. second map. And then I don't think we should spoil things too much for people, obviously. So yeah, you know, yeah. People are still making their way through. I will say, actually, because just before it came out, we had that first IGN review came in, which was like six point. Yeah, I I ignored it, but it was hard hard not to have that kind of filter through into things. Yeah, but then immediately a lot of others gave it nine and ten and stuff like that. I do want to just publicly say I think people need to read stuff (laughs) to get the context. Like there was a lot of unfair, cruel backlash towards IGN for that review. When it's like if you read it, they say there's things they love, they really, really love. 
And then the things they don't, they just really, really didn't. So mm. it was this kind of thing of like, it was a very hard game for them to review. It wasn't that the whole game was a six point whatever. It's like bits of this were a masterpiece and bits they thought were terrible. Yeah. So it was like a balancing act. And my first hour of this game was interesting because I was actually, my mom was down visiting. And I said, I'm really sorry. I know you just got here, but it's Death Stranding Day. So <laughs> we're going to be... And she had heard about it because it was actually a big enough game, an interesting enough game that, you know, outlets that she follows had talked about it. Um, so she's like, cool, I want to see it. So we started playing it. And yeah, I had almost the exact same experience as you. Like I had had a lot of worries about this game. I wasn't convinced it could be what, you know, people were obviously hyping it up to be. I wasn't convinced it could be a full game. That was my worry. My biggest worry was like, because some of the early reviews I was reading, I was skipping the details, but the consensus from people like IGM was like, if this was a 15-hour experience, we would absolutely love it. But instead, this is a 45-hour experience. Mm. And that's where all of the shortcomings become evident, basically. So my worry was like, is this going to be enough of a game? But then it starts up, and like you say, you get such like, I'm all about mood. Like in movies yeah. and in games, it's just about mood. It's just like, I want to feel place and I want to feel a world. Yeah. And there's 100% sells you on that right from the beginning. Some people were complaining the first hour has too many cutscenes. I don't normally like Hideo Kojima cutscenes, but these were totally, these are great with the mood of the, of the game. I felt they worked I, I, well. They're long cutscenes. Like this game yeah. has long, very cinematic cutscenes. And like that was a thing that really caught me by surprise right away as well in that first hour. I was like, wow, these are. Like, but that's, what is, he, that's what he does. Yeah. Like he does long cutscenes. Like he wants to make fucking movies. And I'm so happy he's finally announced he's finally going to actually make a movie. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, just get that out of your system, please. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. He's been desperate too for so long. And so many Metal Gear Solid games, you just sit for a half an hour and put your pad down and just mm-hmm. watch it. It's just ridiculous. But yeah, the mood for this is great. Like the world is great. They modeled it. I've Other than just his political reasons for making this game, I don't know why they based it in America because they only use Iceland and Ireland, I believe, as uh, their backdrops. And they're gorgeous backdrops. But yeah, this, none of this looks anything like any part of America. Yeah, there's bits where I had that thought as well, where I was like, this is clearly not America. But then I'm like, but then- does this relate to what had happened? Like that the landscape has changed? Because there's hardly any remnants of But th- this is where I'm just going to say, this is where I mean, what I mean by people calling things, you know, a genius that's like constructed perfectly in every angle. It's like, no, Kojima just does what the fuck he wants. Like yeah, he yeah. wants it to be in America because he has a political reason for making this this game. A lot of it's Brexit, actually. It's Brexit and then Trump. And he has something he's trying to say about people building bridges. And when you destroy a bridge, you create a wall. And that's really what he's talking about here. And he's done some great interviews about it. So he wants to set that in America. It makes perfect sense. Uh, but <laughs> the landscape he wants is something else. So mm-hmm. in Kojima's head, it's like, well, just fucking do it. Yeah, this event happened. That'll explain it. But then yeah, people yeah. who are just like, no, this is all like, and I've read people like, piece, oh yeah, this reflects this. And no, he just want, he's just doing what he wants to do. And yeah, that's yeah. fine. But let's yeah, not yeah. pretend he's a genius for that. You know, he's just making what he wants to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you get to that first place, you find, like, you do that first walk and I was like, okay, this is cool. I'd heard some stuff from, yeah, that UK IGM podcast thing where they're like talking about some problems they were having just to do with this is basically a balancing simulator. <laughs> so I was yeah. prepared for that. So I was just like, okay, I'm going to like, I, I, and still to this day, I don't overload ever. Um, yeah. So I was like, cool, I'm just going to do like very, be very sort of mediated with what I take. And I had a wonderful experience through that beginning section. I enjoyed the cutscenes. I enjoyed the setup. There was a lot. I was like, okay, you're adding, you're throwing a lot of lore at me right now. Yeah for a world that feels increasingly alien to me because there's there's very little that I can relate to. But that's Yeah, cool. there were a few of those cutscenes because I'd play 
sort of pretty late at night after I'd finished work. And there, with some of them, there was like bits where I was dozing off and then I'd wake up and I'd be like, fuck, what did I miss? Because they're just throwing so much stuff. <laughs> so it was much like, love. It's like, who are the characters and what's going on? And so, so after that, I was like, I'm not going to play super, super late if I'm feeling already drowsy for that reason. Yeah. And that Low Roar song, I actually, I really like Low Roar anyway. And that track's one of, I mean, probably their best track. And it does set a tone for the game when you're saying, don't be so serious. It's just like, mm-hmm. just chill out. I'm having fun. You know, like, again, he's yeah, not yeah. overthinking this. I think he's got a message and then he's doing the stuff he wants to impulsively almost. And then, yeah, you do that first trek. And I'd read all this stuff as well and heard all this stuff about how you really like part of the fun of the game or the boredom of the game, depending on your personality, is planning those treks out, you know, mm-hmm. setting your little markers, figuring it all out. And I found I didn't need to. I was just kind of like, well, I'm just pretty much straight lines and just going where I want to go. And I really enjoyed I really enjoyed that whole experience, like you're saying, of that mood and just like trekking out and going, okay, cool. It takes a little while before they give you your basic, you know, here's what you've got to do. You're going to be working west. Yeah, yeah. But then I love that. I was like, that's perfect. It's really simple. I just get to keep walking west and like, you know, you're connecting these places totally mm-hmm. in. Totally in. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, speaking of planning, like I find on some routes, particularly maybe for it, if I haven't done it before, oh, it actually depends. There's times when I will plan it out and leave little markers and I'll follow it roughly until terrain means I can't go a certain way or I don't have the equipment to traverse over something. Yeah, and sometimes I just don't and I kind of just every now and again refer back to my compass and I'm like, cool, I'm heading in the right direction. And I love that. It's really cool. And then another thing with the game is you stumble across markers that other people have left and you're like, oh, maybe... I keep going that way or I don't go that way. Well, I think that's been, that's been the interesting thing well. playing it because we were playing it from day one. It's yeah. a very different game now from what it was on day one because of the interaction with other people. Well, that's what I'm also curious about is because, yeah, so I guess people that haven't played this game, one of the mechanics of this game is that what Kojima calls the strand, I guess. is that's, that's what is the strand, right? You call it, it's like, oh, oh, so it's like a, online stranding or something. Yeah, it's yeah. something weird. It so, basically, you're not playing with other players, but what other players contribute to the world in, in ways of like equipment they leave behind or packages they don't deliver or roads that they build will influence your world. And so, you'll see it. You'll load it up and there might be a new road built or there'll be a marker somewhere. And and if you use those things that have left by other people or people leave things that are used by you, they give you likes and they kind of feed back into your account, I guess. So, yeah, because I've put this down for the last week and a bit, I wonder now if I load it up, if it's just going to be this world that's like littered with- (laughs) Just bridges everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, because I mean, is it- how does it I work? Like, no do you drop into a server, works, like a single man. server, or is it like no fucking clue? And the thing is, what scares me about it is like, how could they possibly have tested it? Because they don't, they didn't do a beta. They can't really do a beta. It's such a weird thing to do. Again, fantastic. He's trying interesting things and to prove his point with what he's trying to say in terms of people helping each other. Like he want, he said very explicitly, I want people to come away from playing this game and think about how we need to communicate and help each other better in the world. And yeah. and it's all lovely messaging. It's all very simple messaging, let's be honest. It's not the most yeah. like sophisticated thing to be talking about. It's just all like, let's work together more. And it's like, yeah, yes, let's work together. But it's a very positive thing to be putting out into the world. So mm-hmm. I think it's very cool. No idea how it works. No idea at all. And I will say from a gaming perspective for me, I'm enjoying it less 
the more that other people are fucking with my world because it's just getting more and more littered and i liked it being this big lonely landscape and i get that's the opposite of what he wants me to be feeling but i want to be able to tick a thing going i get your message i will help people just don't let me have to see all this stuff don't let it like because it's just to put it all through my world yeah because i know there's a thing in the settings and i tried to add you because i realized i hadn't added you as a friend on ps4 yet but where you can connect with people in your friends list and then right. have like a more direct shared exchange because that, that would be cool. that would be kind of cool if it was just like i mean yeah i i like you understand the message and 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 do appreciate this shared interaction with other players sort of indirectly but it'd also be cool if it was just like very specific like oh that's Al's left me something there or like I can tell you like I've left you something like further in the map like you know I've left you a pea mushroom <laughs> yeah exactly eat my pea mushroom so yeah first hour just loved it I loved it okay so then basically again we're not going to spoil the story spoilers this is more just experience you know for us but then you get through yeah the first sort of part of the map if we will before you move on to the next one which is really once you're starting to settle more into the game now i've heard from people saying i've, I've read reviews where they said kind of what i ended up saying about red dead which is like get through that chapter two as quick as possible because then it becomes the game you can really play around him mm-hmm. and i've read a lot where they're like just if you're having troubles just get through this bit as quick as is humanly possible because once you get to the next map things really change and that's where it becomes the game that it's meant to be just to, I'm just saying that more for the listeners than for us, so people know that. Um, I'm not necessarily saying that because we'll get yeah. to the next map when we get there. But yeah, this is basically a rinse and repeat map. This is a okay. You've got the foundations. Off you go. You can. So to be clear with people, you can just do the main story stuff if you want to, and pretty much beeline through the game. But then there are a lot of little little side quests and a lot of the more fun, very weird stuff. For instance, there's something with a cosplayer on that first map mm-hmm. that sadly i haven't actually found uh, but katie found him and i told her to find him and then she found him and i didn't find him yeah um which is yeah very useful in the game in a very kojima way of let's break all the walls of the world of this video game and yeah and i mean you can but you can eventually go back and do those orders right because yeah we'll get get to my problem with that when we get to that bit (laughs) so i didn't realize that it would be these two sections so, first of all, the game is broken down into episodes. Yeah. So, like as you were saying, an episode one and two sort of happen at a pretty fast pace. And my yeah. feeling then was when it, when it was like episode one, two, I was like, oh, this is going to be episodic. My fear was then that it was going to actually be a shorter game because it was just kind of like the jump between those first two episodes felt very quick. And I thought, okay, this is the map. It, that we have and it's just going to gradually open up as i explore further so my way of playing that first part and that first map was i'm going to do everything like i'm going to really <laughs> explore and try and do as many orders and stay like do more side quests which is generally how i play most games anyway like jumping back to outer worlds like in that first planet i was like i'm going to just do it all like any side quest that comes up i'm just going to go and do it and i tend to play games that way and kind of then veer back into the main quest then veer back off and do a bunch of side quests and kind of go back and forth like that so i was really surprised when it jumped to the next part of the map because yes there were bits that i was struggling with where i was just like oh this is there is a challenge to this of like how much you can carry and 
how you can confront BTs and overcome them and all that sort of stuff. But at the same time, I was progressing and figuring those things out. So by the time we did jump to the next part of the map and you get sort of additional equipment and bonuses, I was like, oh, okay, this actually feels much easier, a lot easier than I was expecting because that first part did feel more of a challenge because I kind of really dove into it and tried played it beyond maybe where I was actually capable of at that point. Right, yeah, because I had kind of a different experience. Like for me, like that first section of the map, was really easy. It was mm-hmm. just like, yeah, like I said, I, I found I didn't need to plot stuff out. It's like, all right, I just head to here and then I head here and then I can tell when, okay, now we're going to get some BTs pop up. You find the, basically for people who haven't played it, like with BTs pop up, your baby kind of reacts to them and then you get a little blinky thing that's kind of telling you where they are, which kind of disappoints me because that blinky thing has a lot of personality in some parts. It like does a yeah, thumbs yeah. up to you and waves and stuff and then it does nothing for the rest of the game, mm-hmm. which is like, I feel like, that should be your mascot but instead again he's throwing a lot of stuff here we've kind of got you're carrying two mascots around with you the baby and this robot thing yeah yeah and you basically you just it's the stealth elements which from the guy who pretty much invented the stealth gaming at least modern stealth gaming these are just very stealth light it is like there's some long grass you hold your breath essentially and you can sneak by these things like and this is all before you find any way to combat anything you just have to basically survive and as simple as it was and kind of mechanically, okay, we just got to do the same thing each time as it was, which I had some problems with. I kind of preferred that than once you get to the combat things, mm-hmm. which for me also fucks a little bit with his messaging in terms of, you know, what you're meant to be like everyone working together on stuff. is like, I don't know about the violent kind of riot sort of element of the stuff you're throwing and things. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I found that whole first section pretty easy, just sort of going, coming and going. I pretty quickly hit my first big problem and there were two problems for me and they're personal problems with my relationship with games and where i'm at with games and both of them i have been warned about so i was prepared for them i think i might have been even more angry if i wasn't prepared for them number one was it just that gradual realization of okay this entire game is just very intelligently disguised fetch quests yep like the entire game which is probably my least favorite part of any game (laughs) Yeah. is the fucking fetch quest. It's the thing that most games have been trying to get away from from ages. Instead, mm-hmm. Hideo Kojima decides, no, we're going to embrace it and make an entire game that is literally just fetch quests. Mm-hmm. But well, yeah, I've put it in this fucking crazy context, you know, so it <laughs> yeah, feels yeah. kind of, you don't notice it straight away. Actually, I had two other problems. My second problem, which I've definitely heard a lot about, and I think this is a very valid objective problem with the game, is the fucking inventory system which right. is so small that, again, there's a lot of games do this where they program them, they develop them on big TVs, mm-hmm. and then they suddenly get home to people who maybe are too far away from TVs or have too small TVs, and you can't actually yes. read the stuff on the yep. screen. Yep. And I had to keep getting up from my sofa and walking over to a TV that's of decent size to try and read what the fuck was going on. That got me angry. And yeah. the screens as well are really, really cluttered. I don't need 10 pages of stuff after each time I finish any little thing in this game that I have to scroll through. And they have a little button so you can skip it all, which is basically telling me I don't even need to read any of this. Yeah, yeah that's sort Im- of a rewarding kind of screen. I remember when it first happened, I was like, oh, that feels dated. <laughs> yeah. It felt dated and it just felt like a break in the momentum of just like giving me all the points i was like okay cool yeah <laughs> no it's really i find those i find inventory like 
just do anything just to move things it's really convoluted really yeah. you have to do about three extra steps than you should um, and then yes. you have to confirm things again and again. Yeah, like, yeah. You, you can't just like i go into something to change something which is me telling the game i want to change this but then it goes but do you want to change this yeah like, yeah i went into the thing to change it <laughs> that's yeah. why i'm in this section of the fucking you know inventory yeah i completely agree with you on the writing and on the text and because i've been playing it we have a, a tv in our room which is yeah not like a small small tv you know it's a decent size and not super far away from the bed like any other game i have no issue playing yeah and i remember starting this and i was like fuck are my eyes getting worse because i can't read anything and when yeah. bethany was watching me it was like press this button to do this and i would press the wrong button she's like oh why didn't you do that and i was like i can't see what button i meant to press <laughs> yeah. like i'm just oh, guessing the here at the beginning. Are crazy they're absolutely yeah. crazy. And that, yeah, that has definitely been a frustrating point for me because, yeah, and just like needing to literally get up and stand at the TV. And I'm like, how is this possible? So I'm glad that you've had the same experience because it, oh, no, everybody, it's definitely Everybody has pretty much. And I feel that's one which is just objectively like, that's bad. Like, that's just bad design. My other problems have been, I quite quickly had a problem, which I, I tweeted out in a kind of like v- vague mysterious tweet which was beep, boop, 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 boop. sam yeah i was like oh fuck it you stop it just fucking stop it like every fucking just constantly just beep, boop, 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 boop. sam I'm like shut stop it also it's just me here so you don't even need to say my fucking name and they haven't recorded him saying it any other way so it's always just sam yeah I'm like yes <laughs> <laughs> like it really drives me crazy i appreciate they have a different tone for whoever's ringing through mm-hmm. but it was just like endless badgering while i'm in this like moody landscape trying to do my own thing yeah, yeah. Like, shut the fuck up shut the fuck <laughs> up and in and, and, like it's so metal gear like metal gear is constantly that it's like people yeah, constantly yeah. radioing through to you with these static images of them talking but i just want to be able to hang up i just want to be yeah, able to yeah. like go oh no sorry i got no reception here let's just put my phone on silent mm-hmm. you know which I feel is something he would maybe do. My last problem in this initial section is the big one, which is that I had to push through because I was playing it. I wasn't playing it quite as intensely as you, but I was wandering around trying to explore. I was a little frustrated because I didn't find anything really worth exploring during my exploring, but I enjoyed just, you know, the world, just being a part of it was cool. Like you find that first bike and you're like, cool, how am I going to sort this out? And yeah, yeah. And then, it's early in the game if you're beelining it. But again, I was taking my time. So it took me a few hours. It suddenly gets to that point where they're like, oh, yeah, we need you to go back and do this thing. And I've been given this mission of, okay, here you are on the east. You're going to work your way to the west coast. It's a compressed, a hugely compressed, obviously, America. Yeah. I mean, insanely compressed. But you have this really satisfying map of like, oh, cool. And I know America pretty well. So I'm like, now nah, I'm in Nebraska. Now yeah, I'm yeah. in Kansas. Now I'm getting towards Colorado. And I really like that. Even if it doesn't look it, like you know the landscape i like feeling that progression Mm -hmm. was so key to me to the enjoyment of the game was like that's a nice simple idea let's keep moving west keep connecting as soon as i realized they're just going to keep asking me to go back like on this epic quest to save and i don't want to spoil the story but to save this person and reconnect all of america and you're meant to be in their world i'm giving them the benefit of the doubt of okay i'm now halfway across america yeah and now you want me to start going back. I'm just going to nip back so to wait, the East Coast. So wait, you have to go back to the original map? Because I don't think I've got that far. 
No, but even in the original map. Like, yeah, 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 you do. You do later as well. But even in the original map. Oh, I see. Like, go back to, yeah, you have to go yeah, back to you're that. you're, like, gradually trekking west. Yeah, yeah. And I'm already noticing, okay, I'm a bit yeah, that happens. This is that all happens just a lot. Quest. Happens a lot. And I'm not kidding. The first time it happened properly, because every time it do, it was, like, side missions. And I, Well, I'm not doing that side mission because mm-hmm. I'm not fucking going back. I'm moving west and I'm reconnecting America, motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm not going back for anyone. You should have shouted at me when I was passing by. And then they have the first mandatory one. I was like, no, 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 you got to go way back. And I was like, no. I literally like put down the pad. I'm fucking done. I'm Mm -hmm. done with this game. That was the moment. (laughs) But that was it because I'm not going back for anything. So, I kept playing. uh, Oh, I didn't. I left it for a couple of days. Then I went back. I was like, okay, I'm going to keep playing. I'm just not going to do that. And it's Hideo Kojima. Surely, he's going to presume that, you know, he's not going to make me do things, you know. And I went and like did a bunch of other stuff and kept progressing. And then my game became fucked and it became harder for me because there was this one thing right at the beginning that you have to do in order to be able to move forward. And it's one of the first things they're trying to teach you to do with post boxes. And because of that stupid fucking inventory, I had just missed when I was going through it, like where this particular thing was meant to be. And so I ended up in one of those, like, like my Red Dead story, where I'm just like, I'm stuck on the other side of the map. I've got no battery for my bike anymore. I don't have the resources to create a fucking power thing. And now I have to go all the way back to the other side of this map. Yeah, yeah. And I was as far west as you could get, you know? And I was like, you fucking kidding me. So then I had to spend ages, ages and ages trekking all the way back, like, you know, like encountering the BTs, all that shit, just to go and put a fucking post box down. <laughs> In one little circle. So, a guy could go, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, tell me now I could start moving west. And then they just keep doing it anyway. They just keep sending. I thought that was my fault. But, a, you know, design flaw that they made allowed me to do that. But then they just keep sending me back. And I'm like, I'm not. If the whole point of this is to move west and that's the whole, like, construct of this game. Mm-hmm. And you're not giving me enough things to really explore in this world that make me want to go, oh, I probably missed something really cool back there. Then honestly, like, just it makes me really angry. It really does. Yeah, that makes sense. And I just it made me think because you mentioned Red Dead before. You know, with with Red Dead Two, there was a constant sense of forward momentum. Like when you would when the gang would move to the next place. I don't think there was ever any missions where it was like go back to our last camp and dig something up. I have noticed that it hasn't bothered me at all really i mean yeah it hasn't bothered me as much as you i mean there's times where i'm just like oh like that's a long way and it's like i want to keep going this way that i haven't seen yet but yeah it has it, it hasn't bothered me nearly as much as it seems it's bothered you are you finding then because i mean i'm just going to be really blunt again like i love the ideas in this game i love the world mm-hmm. a lot and i love again all the brave stuff I, even if i hated this game I'm still happy it exists, you know? Yeah. It's just one of the things. It's like when I have a piece of cinema where I'm just like, I'm so happy that director made it. I think it's terrible. But I'm just glad they're doing brave things and trying different things. Mm -hmm. And I love many things about this game. The gameplay, I hate. Like, I hate the gameplay. I loved it in those first couple of hours. Yeah. And then I was like, yeah, I totally get IGN score. I don't want 45 fucking hours of doing fetch quests and going backtracking over terrain I've been and you're not even incentivizing me with any cool new things I can find. And the only thing that changes are the things other people are littering into my world. Yeah, which yeah. Sure, some of it makes it easier. But I was like, the actual gameplay mechanic, to be clear to people, is, yeah, you pick some stuff up, you put them on your back, you then walk along to take it somewhere and deliver it, like a postman. Mm-hmm. If along the way you see other stuff you want to pick up, it's up to you if you want to risk that or not. 
when the rainfall comes, what's it called? Timefall, sorry, comes, it can rot the things. So you have to be careful with that. And you'll come across at the beginning BTs and then later these sort of troops, essentially, who have these annoying fucking spears. Um, oh, and the, the mules, the guy in, the yeah. guys in yellow. Yeah. Yeah, the mules. And you go and drop it off. They say, thank you. You watch a bunch of screens, you get some more shit, and then you head on back again. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can use vehicles, sometimes you can't, sometimes you'll use ladders. I'll be honest, I always take a ladder with me and a rope with me. I've never once had to use them, ever. Like, never, ever, ever. I um, had a moment where I, yeah, was reaching a point where I was like, I don't really need ladders. And half the time, other people have left ladders conveniently because they've trekked the same path. And it's like, there's going to be a ladder. But- I went to one spot up in, in one of the mountains and got stuck in rivers like twice and <laughs> I went floating down and lost all my shit and I was like, oh, I'm going to pack a ladder. Oh, fuck. Yeah, it's always good to have a ladder just in case. Yeah. But those trailers showed so much ladder work. I was like, I'm ready to do some laddering in this yeah. game and I haven't really had to do it. I'm a little disappointed. No, but, but that's honestly for me, it's like, again, I'm like you in terms of I just like to explore a a big world and if it's lonely that's fine like just mm-hmm. as long as the mood's right but just the gameplay of this is essentially it's it's got more in common with like a katamari game like it's more of like an arcade weird little sim thing it's like you tap your two triggers to try and keep your guy balanced and sometimes it makes sense and sometimes it makes no sense he just like trips over one tiny rock and everything goes crazy mm-hmm. and i think it's an interesting idea but for a 45 hour game for me i'm just like no I enjoyed exploring. Yeah. I don't enjoy having to backtrack and I certainly don't enjoy having to backtrack while delivering this stuff and holding down both my triggers for like 20 minutes to make yeah. sure he doesn't fall over. I'm just like, just give me this world and give me something else to do in it. Because I'm personally just, yeah, the gameplay I don't like. For me, other than the frustration of the little text and not being able to read anything on screen, I've really enjoyed this game. and. Yes, sometimes the mechanics and gameplay are a little a little janky, but I don't know, the more the game sort of opened up and more new tech has become available to me, it's made it feel smoother and easier, which I think is the intention. And I haven't got frustrated with the fetch aspect of it. Like I'm still enjoying that. I'm just like, cool, sure, I'll take these boxes and just wander. And if I come across things, that'll be great. What do you come across? I mean, legitimately, I want to know because with Red Dead, you helped me have a better experience with it because you were playing it a little differently from me. And some of this might just be you have a nicer personality than me because I meet people who want me to take something. I'm like, no, fuck you, man. I'm so bored of that in video games. So So, what is it you're really enjoying on these journeys? So, I mean, the main part of the journeys that I enjoy are the bits when it is lonely and it's isolated and there might be terrain obstacles that i have to kind of figure out how to negotiate whether that was like the river thing that kept that i kept getting swept away by and being like okay well maybe because no other users have left any ladders here i'll have to go back and get some blah blah blah, go back and do it again so i've enjoyed that aspect of it i've had moments when i've run into mule camps and like when it has that moment where it's like and like their scanner goes across initially when that happens very early in the game I think your instruction from dead man is like, if that happens, run. Where I've taken the opposite approach now where I'm like, oh, I've got my bowler gun. I'm just going to get them all tied up, knock them out. And then I go, and I've been going to their camp 
gathering a bunch of resources, often grabbing a truck, loading everything into a truck, then like going to the nearest distribution center and like unloading everything and then using the truck until the battery runs out and just like literally just picking up resources. So I've enjoyed that aspect. When I've come across BTs, since I got the grenades that help defeat them, like I always try and have a pack of those on me. And rather than sneaking through now, often I'll just let the confrontation play out and to the point where I kind of get drawn into BT world and have to confront like the big squid or the big mm-hmm. horse thing. Those, those are the two, the only two that I've confronted is like the big squid and the horse, but literally just try and fight them. I think I've only died once where it's left a giant crater. Oh, no, I don't think I've had that happen. Yeah, it, so it happened in the first map and I was doing fine, but then I ran out of grenades and I was like, oh, there's no other way to, I, I don't have any other means of fighting this. And I'd no, seen a clip is- I'd seen a clip on Twitter or, or YouTube of someone peeing into the <laughs> like BT sludge <laughs> and that like repelling it. So I tried to do that and the first time I did it, I got killed because I didn't realize you had to hold down the trigger for him to like keep peeing. And so that was my only crater. Whereas I tried it again with the giant horse thing and it kind of like made it freeze. It didn't destroy it. It made it freeze. And I was able to kind of walk away and I literally like walked out of that space and it just disappeared. So I've enjoyed those kind of interactions and then the sort of unlocking of, yeah, new tech to meet these obstacles. Like the little tow carriage things were really helpful Mm -hmm. as well, like loading stuff onto that and riding one if I had to. And so, yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed it and the, the things that have kind of frustrated you haven't sort of bothered me so much yet and seeing some reactions online about how it ends in the narrative not that i've read how it does end but sort of some people's very reactions to it, reactions yeah. to it have made me yeah really intrigued to kind of keep pushing through i think that's the thing it's like because yeah because i genuinely like and i mean it sincerely asking these questions because i genuinely can't comprehend how people can it like the fetch quest thing for me is just such an immediate wall mm-hmm. i'm just like i just this is just so dull yeah and again it's and then i think the problem is then people if they say that would misinterpret for oh you just don't like this kind of like you know game with big lonely and it's not that at all like if yeah. there were no fetch quest and i was just having to wander through it and there's nothing there and it was kind of shadow of the colossus style i would lap it up yeah it's just the mechanic of that. I don't enjoy that mechanic at all. Mm-hmm. And I don't enjoy that. Like all the stuff you're talking about, like making that stuff easy. It's not like interest. It's not Sim City enough for me. You know, it's like either do yeah, that yeah. or don't for me. It's like, it's not getting into it in a way that really is intriguing me. And the battle mechanic stuff is like, yeah, I really love the first time I came across one of, you know, when you really get swept away, I fucked up in one of them. And yeah, when you see like the creature come out, it's kind of crazy. And I had yeah. nothing to defend myself with because I had nothing at that point. And I just fucking ran as far as I could, clambering over rocks. And it was really cool. I love all that stuff. And I think as you're talking, I'm realizing like, we mentioned it earlier, but that game Far Lone Sales, mm-hmm. which in some ways is similar in tone and in, in landscape and yeah. stuff like that. And I was like, if Death Stranding was like 3D open world, you know, Far Lone Sales, you know, and it's just this like, okay, here again, you're here east, you're going to get to west. You've got to do these mechanics and like pick up stuff in the landscape and like, you know, use different things to like get across this landscape essentially and figure that out. I would absolutely love this game because I love the tone, the mood, the lore, the world, like all of that stuff. But I haven't really had any challenges with anything in terms of 
getting to anything at any point. I haven't had those yeah. nice moments where you're like, this feels like a puzzle now. How do I kind of like navigate this? Yeah. I just basically walked, climbed over shit, and there I am. You know, like it's always just been pretty easy. If I reach even like a cliff and there's no, no one's brought a rope and I don't have a rope on me, there's always kind of a way you can shuffle down essentially. Yeah, yeah. And again, I'm not overloading myself, so I'm not going crazy. And I'll be, I said this to Katie, it, this is going to sound like a joke, but I'm at least 70% serious. When I'm playing this game, it just, I don't feel peaceful, which is how I normally feel in an open, depressing world. I feel really stressed out because yeah, I'm right. just so worried about his fucking back all the time. Like, <laughs> it really stresses me out whenever I'm like, oh yeah, I need this thing. Oh, and I need this thing. And it's all inventory management. That stresses me out anyway. And then I see him <laughs> pulling it on his back with that cutscene where he's like, oh, oh and i'm yeah. like i feel you buddy i really do and then he starts slogging out and i'm just like ah oh, it really upsets me seeing him carrying it all like every time it upsets have you me. have you got his exoskeleton legs yet i have i have yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and that upsets me for different reasons because i don't i have a weird thing against augmented biological constructs <laughs> so like yeah, seeing yeah. like extra it's like um yeah that that tom cruise film but like i don't like it yeah yeah yeah, so it's it's a very weird game for me. Uh, so, like, yeah, you've touched on it briefly, but that second section then, we won't go any further than that, but that second section where you're getting into the mules and things, I had a very frustrating. Like, I found there that I much preferred the first map because I got into that second one that everyone was saying, get to that, that's where the fun starts. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, this is where it feels like Metal Gear Solid Five, for yeah, sure. Like, definitely. Very much. And I didn't love Metal There were things I loved Metal Gear Solid Five and things I really didn't. And this is kind of really doing most of the same things for me it's like it's, it's funny in those mule camps a bit that i've often wondered is like you can be in the long grass but sometimes i'll have a stack of boxes which will be coming out above the grass and i don't know if they see that or not yeah the stealth <laughs> is disappointing i think for yeah. someone who created the genre basically yeah i think you know there could be more interesting things he's doing with that those fucking little beacons <laughs> fucking little beacons they come up and just go like, like you're saying just go whoop yeah. and then you're caught in it and then the mules can see where you last were holy shit man like when i first got to, to that map and yeah they were i don't think i'd got the bowler at that point no i hadn't quite got the bowler at that point and i went out and was like i'm gonna go and explore and then it happened and they took all my cargo for something that i had mm-hmm. and they, then they're like your cargo is now at the camp you have to go and steal it and i was like okay cool this is a different dynamic i'll do this this will be fun could not get by any of their fucking parameter things like every single time their fucking parameters would see me and what was really annoying was like i thought okay it's only if i get too close to them yeah and then there's legitimately and i mean i made a note of it on my phone because i was like i have to bring this up because i don't understand logic i legitimately then found some long grass away from all of their parameter things i could see their camp like in the distance and i was like okay i'm gonna put the pad down and have to think and i was thinking I was like, how am I going to plan this out? This is going, I'm going to try and do this really properly and really uh, enjoy this moment. And I went and got a drink from the fridge, came back down, sat down. Again, I haven't touched my pad in quite a while. It's just sitting there on the table. Suddenly, one of the things just goes, mm. and just scans me. And I'm fucked. And they all just come running at me throwing spears. Yeah. I, was like, I didn't, I, the pad was down for like five to ten minutes. I didn't even move an inch. Yeah, And I was like, I don't understand what the logic is of when these things scan you and when they don't. Like, I have no idea. And when I don't I, understand the rules, 
Yeah, I don't it makes it hard know for me either. Because I mean, I feel in all my experiences with them, I've never been able to have a stealth approach to it. Right. Although I have reached a point, again, don't want to spoil too much, where you get a device where if you time it correctly so that when they send out their scan, your little yeah. wand thing sends out like a counter thing, which is meant to repel their scan. Right, okay. Which I haven't used yet. But every moment up until then, it's always just ended in confrontation. But the, the thing is, like, I go in and then the first time I got one of their trucks, I was like, this is great. And I, yeah, literally, it was just like loading stuff up. And I guess there's like a weight limit because I loaded a bunch of resources in and then I couldn't drive the truck. And I was like, oh, well, that sucks. Like, it's a huge truck. I should just be able to pack it as much as I want. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot in this game, a lot to unpack. And it's, I have moments where I'm playing it and I'm really enjoying it. And then we have these long cutscenes. And I'm like, yeah, I guess like you, it's like he needs to just get a movie out of his system. Cause it's like, do you want this to just to be a, a movie? Because yeah. that's cool. But I think that's, I have the opposite thing from you then. Cause I'm enjoying the cutscenes more than the gameplay. And like when I get to them, I'm kind of like, cool, I'm in the bit I'm enjoying. And I definitely feel that way that some of the people were saying. In terms of, yeah, if this was a 14 hour, 10 hour experience, I would love it so much. Mm -hmm. If it was a larger experience and it wasn't the gameplay it has, I would love it so much. But as what it is, like for, I, I want to know the story stuff in case something interesting happens and you'll yeah. hopefully will play ahead of me and you can let me know if now knowing how I feel about it, if it's going to be worth my time or not, if things are going to change. For sure. Um, but 45 hours of this to me right now is like, I don't want to do that at all, which is. I don't know, kind of expected as well because yeah, I have a love-hate affair with Kojima. I don't know how many hours I've played so far, but I guess we're probably roughly in the same part. Episode three, right in the middle of the US now. And I'm like, well, this has kind of been moving into, like, how much more That's what I'm saying to you, though. Not to spoil, okay, minor spoilers for 30 seconds. Jump ahead if you don't hear this. This isn't a story spoiler. It's a how many chapters are a spoiler. You've been warned from now. Yeah. Like, I thought, okay, we're at least midway through to America. It's not going to be too bad. 14 chapters. <laughs> 14 yeah, right. fucking chapters. And I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> like, if I'm on chapter mm. three or four or whatever, and there's that much, like, I can't. That's too much. It's too much. But then I'm like, okay, maybe some shit, weird shit's going to happen. Maybe it's all going to change up and something crazy is going to happen. I don't know. It's Kojima, we shall so. see. Yeah. But again, I like even with all the negative feelings I feel towards it and going from really loving it to really just never wanting to play it again for a long period of time. I'm so happy these things exist. Yeah, I think <laughs> for me, it delivered in, in that expectation and anticipation I had of just something just batshit crazy and full of inventiveness and maybe not so much inventiveness, but it's just it's something unique and of its own. And, and I'm, I'm loving the experience. For sure. Sometimes I wonder, because you and I are on vaguely the same page with a lot of games, I think we have slightly different things that we're slightly into, but we're into roughly in that same world a lot of the time and what we're mm -hmm. trying to get out of a game. Sometimes I wonder, because you had a little gap in your life where you quite wisely, I think, stopped playing games for a bit mm -hmm. before you like came back in, which I think allows you to have quite a fresh view on stuff, which is kind of nice. Whereas I have quite a tired view on stuff where it's like, there hasn't been a year of my life for like, 25 years where i haven't been doing fucking fetch quests yeah yeah so i'm just really want to move on from fetch quests like desperately yeah because i i skipped a whole generation of consoles from like yeah the, the ps3 period which honestly i think gives you kind of this nice viewpoint of stuff where you just get to accept it as what it is rather than mm. the baggage of everything that's come before yeah yeah speaking of baggage 
Actually, I was going to talk about Shenmue quickly, wasn't I? Yeah, that's also yeah. baggage works for that too. <laughs> okay, so to be clear, I've played a couple of hours. This came out a couple of days ago when we were recording. Shenmue 3, for those of you who don't know, Shenmue came out 99, 2000, 99, 2000? Yeah, I feel like 2000. Yeah, and it was Xbox original, as we have to call it, because their stupid naming system. <laughs> oh, sorry, it was Dreamcast, actually, and then Xbox originally. It came too late. Sorry, my bad. It was the most important game for Dreamcast. You know, Sega were, after they'd had two very successful consoles, then it had Saturn, which nearly killed them, so they'd rushed out a bunch of other consoles, including the Dreamcast. And the Dreamcast is one of the greatest consoles ever made. That's a whole different podcast. I was about we don't to say, like, this it. is one of your favorite consoles, though, right? It's one of the greatest. That and the GameCube are both, like, there's just so many quality games, because there aren't that many games, but the ones that are incredibly good. Dreamcast was way ahead of its time. It had internet on it, which no other console had. It had VMUs, which are incredible portable experiences where you could trade saves, play games and with other people, trade gifts with other people, take it back after you've played your portable, plug it back into your console and unlock things. Like it was so ahead of its time. It's insane. It was too ahead of its time. And then PS2 came out and proved basically we just needed so many games and we're just trying to aim them at emo teenagers and mm-hmm. destroyed Sega. Shenmue was their last gasp. It was their big chance to try and save it it was the most expensive game made at that point ever and it was by i think it's yu suzuki is it yu suzuki it's suzuki i always forget his first name and he's the guy who he did what did he do he did space harrier he did outrun he did virtua fighter he was like just making hit after hit for sega and he's basically the shig uh, like the shigeru marimoto of sega so they gave him kind of what we're talking about here's all the money do what you want be as creative as you want to be he wanted to reinvent how video games were. And when Shenmue came out, it was, for me, the greatest game ever made because it was the first one starting to do what I was looking for in video games. And it was my favorite game ever made for a long time, for a long, long time. The second one then came out on, did that, yeah, yeah, that came to Dreamcast as well a couple of years later. It was meant to be this big epic thing. It was going to be like 16 games with loads of chapters in it, this huge journey. The first game is basically like in the first scene, your father's killed and the rest of the game is you basically trying to raise the money to get on a boat to start your journey to try and like track down his killer. Like that's the entire first game. And it was like, it had like four fucking discs and it went on for ages. And it was it was all these different things. You had QTE things. You had lots of open world wandering around. They set it in Japan in 19 i'm trying to remember i think 1983 or something on actual days and they would check the exact weather for what happened in that town on that day and that would be the <laughs> weather in the it. game like it's insane and i remember like being in an art school at film school and my friends coming back to our shed house and they were all off doing fun stuff which i would occasionally partake in <laughs> but once shenmue was out i was mostly playing shenmue and i'm just there with my forklift truck <laughs> you got to go to work at a certain time. So you have to get up and go in at a certain time, get to work, get in your forklift truck, do your day's job, make your money, and then go, oh, I need to save this money for my ticket to go and track down my father's killer. Also, there's a gacha machine, and I really <laughs> want to collect the next Virtua Fighter character from the gacha machine. So you'd be in this weird cycle of that, and they'd watch me in my forklift truck, and they're like, you do realize you can actually just make real money doing this? You don't. <laughs> like, why are you doing a virtual job? <laughs> And I fucking loved it. Loved it. And where are the- those people now, Al? I know. Losers. Probably exactly. still out having fun while I'm playing Shenmue 3. 
18 years it took for them to make the next chapter in this game. 18 years, and then it was announced on Sony stage, what, four years ago or something? They kickstarted it or did some crowdfunding for it. Broke records for the most money made for a video game getting funded, but still a fraction. I think the original had like 36 million or something, and they got like 8 million or something through Kickstarter. So, I mean, I haven't played any of these games. Why was there such a long gap? Was there just no interest in the game? Was it just uh, the purely, shift in the purely, 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 consoles? Yeah, well, the Dreamcast. I mean, he yeah. was he was a part of Sega. Not enough people owned the Dreamcast, and so not enough people bought Shenmue, even though it was a huge deal and critically, you know, massively acclaimed. And then it did date pretty quickly because the thing is, it created a lot of things, and then other people took yeah. it. And the problem is, is shortly after that, if I'm getting my history correct, GTA Three came out and said, mm-hmm. no, 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 this is how you do open world. We're not going to be this sort of because if, if Shenmue really is kind of like the art house of open world, you know, it's yeah. quite stoic. And GTA comes along, it's like, no, we're just going to have fucking fun. Let's blow shit up. Let's like burn hookers. Let's, mm-hmm. you know, do all these crazy, terrible things and just entertain people. And yeah, it was hard for Shenmue to come back with what was happening with Sega and without any console platforms. So they did release them on Xbox One, like I said. And then recently, last year or early this year, they put Shenmue 1 and 2 in HD on Xbox One. And I believe PlayStation 4, so you can play the originals now. I have them on um, Xbox. I haven't played them yet. <laughs> they're hard to go back to. I'm not going to lie. They are hard to go back to. And this is the perfect segue because Shenmue 3 is exactly going back to them and very much <laughs> on purpose. It is going back to 2001. And a lot of the reviews have been actually very favorable, which I've been kind of surprised with. They've been very favorable to it because they're saying, as long as you know what you're getting into, but this is like the perfect sequel because it's legitimately carrying on from where it left before of course the graphics are better of course like they're using some great engines here they're using cryware they're using unreal as well it does look beautiful it also looks really not beautiful because it's that weird kind of thing of like yeah there's a lot of sheen to certain things and then there's also not like the animation's really bad the voice acting feels just like the old ones but cleaner but really bad there's just ridiculous things where you're like following someone and you're talking and then you'll go to a cutscene of you walking and talking and then it'll fade to black and fade in and you're both standing opposite each other talking and then it'll fade to black and fade in and you're both walking and talking. <laughs> and you're like, couldn't this have just been one thing? Why are you stopping all the time to talk? Uh, it's very, very, very obtusely old fashioned. And I have no problem with that. I went into it going, cool. I'm totally in the mood for that. Let's go back and play more Shenmue. The problem with it is for me so far is the opening of Shenmue, the beauty of it is you get this cutscene and then you wake up as as um, as Ryo and you're in this house in Japan, this little outside this little village and you don't know what to do. And so you go, oh, okay, I guess I'll poke around the house. You can look through all the drawers, pick up shit, read notes, you know, go around, put on your slippers, head outside. Okay, I don't know where to go. So you start heading down and there aren't like, you know, it's not a massive open world, it's two, you know, 2000 or whatever. But you go wandering through these places, you start talking to people, you go into a convenience store, like you just started to explore the world and then gradually the story would come to you. And there's Mm -hmm. a lot of fighting because it is from the creative Virtue Fighter, that's part of it. And a lot of the developers from Shenmue actually would go on to create the Yakuza series. So those games have a lot of the sort of heritage of Shenmue baked into them, which is mini games, talking, fighting, big story. The problem with Shenmue 3 is you start off and you're very much guided for quite a while by someone trying to teach you the things you need to do really constricting the freedom that you have and that was very frustrating to me right i was like that isn't what shamu should be about but there was a great video that went up 
on IGN actually was talked you through some stuff with Shenmue, which does get me excited for it. There's like there's some like two hundred stores or something ridiculous, seventy four stores that you can buy stuff from. No, sorry, there's like four hundred characters. Yeah, seventy four stores that you can buy stuff from. The amount of mini games are just crazy. Just so many cool little weird things you can do, but none of them are going to be amazing, you know. But just fun yeah, little yeah. things. So in this story, he's still trying to avenge his father's death. Yep. You're still yeah. just on the beginning. And they don't even want this to be the end. Like, he wants this to be the beginning of the trilogy I of Shenmue it. games. I can't, I don't know how that's going to happen. <laughs> like, I don't know who, how this is going to make that much money. Yeah. But yeah, there's, an, there's only actually, and what disappoints well, there's only two areas, I believe, the open area you're in, which is more provincial and quite small, and then quite a teeming city, which is more of a Yakuza feel, I guess. But Yakuza is all kind of like cool and sort of like edgy. What I like about Shenmue is it's not, it's actually quite lovable it's a little right. bit like ryu story from street fighter you know mm-hmm. it's got that kind of feel to it so yeah i was really enjoying it i was playing it with lee the other night i could see it was definitely wearing on him <laughs> <laughs> so i stopped so i'm looking forward to playing it it's only on playstation 4 though you can't play on xbox sadly man there's no plans to ever bring it to xbox apparently but yeah i will report back on it in looking a few weeks to it. i might go and play the first two <laughs> See how long I lost. Good (laughs) luck. All right. We are an hour and 50 minutes into this podcast. Let's talk about Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. All of the words. Woo! Another video game that people have been hyped for. It's come from Respawn, Mm -hmm. who are the guys who do Titanfall. They're the guys who did Call of Duty Modern Warfare. They invented Call of Duty. Uh, Yeah, do Titanfall. They then did Apex Legends you know pretty much unstoppable pretty good pedigree right there and here they are with star wars jedi the first proper big star wars game in a long long time many of them have been cancelled this is the one that wasn't third person playing as an original character yeah yep yeah original character estus what kind of era are we in we are five years after revenge of the sith the Jedi purge is happened or is happening. There are still the Inquisitors that are out hunting them down and the Empire is growing. So now we're seeing more original trilogy style stormtroopers. We're no longer seeing clone troopers. We're seeing the original trilogy Imperial Star Destroyers. Whereas at the beginning of this, the sort of Republic era, Star De- Clone Wars era Star Destroyers are literally being dismantled for scrap so what's the kind of gap between return sorry uh, revenge of the sith and, and this story no and a new hope it is i think 18 years based okay. on luke's age i think it's something like that so to go revenge of the sith then this then rogue one then yep. a new hope okay mm-hmm. okay and most likely the new obi-wan series will be yeah. wedged in here too shoved in there somewhere and star wars rebels if you want to include the animated series i do yeah so this game we're talking about games of the year a lot of critics have come out even if their platform didn't necessarily say this it's got a lot of great reviews but a lot of critics that i know i respect have come out and been like this is my personal game of the year and i fucking love it every Mm. podcast i listen to everyone's just like no one really has a bad word to say about it there was reports of some glitches but most of them (laughs) (laughs) we'll get there um, but most of them seem to kind of overlook that stuff and obviously hopefully presumably that stuff will get patched out at some point 
Yeah. But hey, the game is what it is right now. So you have to judge it as such. Obviously, Alex, like you, you, I, and Christina, the Star Wars podcast will be returning, obviously, pretty soon for the new Star Wars movie. Rise of Skywalker. Can't wait. Yeah. Next month. So obviously, you're a big Star Wars nerd. You, you actually run that podcast. It's the only one that we do that you, <laughs> someone else runs other than me, which is a big relief. Uh, so you're, you were super excited for this, I presume. Um, it sort of went two ways. I think the original, f- the early footage that came out of this game, I think at E3, and we touched on it throughout a few different podcasts and I think on um, our 4th of July podcast as well. I wasn't super excited because the initial footage I'd seen, I was like, it looks very gamey. I mean, it looked pretty. It looked very pretty in those early trailers that were released. And I was like, okay, it looks great. Feels a little bit gamey. Just sort of doesn't feel like they're reinventing anything. It's just more sort of Force Unleashed kind of style. Mm. And then I think the early previews started coming out prior to release. And the guys at IGN did one. And they were already like, this game is fucking cool. Is you know, it's got a. I think they referenced at the time they were like, you know, it's sort of got remnants of Zelda in it with its sort of like dungeons and stuff like that. A bit of Dark Souls. What was the other one they meant? There was another one, Metroid Prime. Like all these different references as to what the, the, these different elements that were in the game that really surprised them, and that there were these big kind of worlds and planets to explore. And at that point, I was like, oh, cool. Okay, this sounds way more interesting than I had anticipated and originally felt from those early trailers. So, yes, going into it, I then got very excited for it. Yeah, and was very excited. Which I realize also with any Star Wars content, I always just get very excited. Yeah, as soon as you're just before, oh, I'm actually going to be interacting with this now, you get super excited. Yeah, exactly. So, Which is great. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and we've been texting back and forth on this one as we've been playing it. Pretty much in tandem, really. Like, mm-hmm. we've both been sort of like, you've passed me in a bit and then I've passed you in a bit. And to be fair, you can go to different levels. You can play this. Yeah, like you said, Metroid's part of this. You're going to get powers and go back, which as we've yep. established in this podcast, not my favorite gameplay mechanic. <laughs> yeah, there's um, a lot of going back in this. Ooh, I hate it. I don't like Metroid games because of... I mean, I really respect Metroid games themselves, but I don't like Metroidvania-style games because I hate that here's my new power now i'm gonna backtrack to this place and now open that door for that one little thing that probably wasn't fucking worth it you know? <laughs> and uh it really i like moving forward i think it's a thing just about me in life i've realized when i'm in la and we have to drive somewhere the freeways in la can be quicker but they yeah. can take you the opposite direction first and my brain is like no i yeah, can't yeah. do that i can't yeah. go the wrong direction i have to go the way i'm going yeah i was excited about this game but for different reasons than you i was purely excited because it was respawn Apex Legends, again, I think is a legitimate masterpiece. Titanfall, the games online, I think are the evolution of online multiplayer games, uh, competitive multiplayer games like Call of Duty. And obviously the classic Call of Duty games, great. I like the Titanfall 2 story, not as much as everyone else. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I thought it was cool. I think it's cool. But like people talk about it in the same sentence as Half-Life and I'm like, it's not that cool. Oh, right. But I think because we have so few, you know, great first-person narrative campaigns nowadays like that was you know really stood out but yeah it's respawn like they make quality games Mm -hmm. um so i was like wow respawn making a star wars game we happened to have someone as well that we knew who had actually played it quite a while ago who gave us a little they weren't allowed to say anything but they kind of gave us a little knowing smile of like oh yeah something special is coming so yeah i was i was kind of sad i will say though yeah for me the gameplay stuff i saw every time i saw any gameplay i was like this doesn't look good to me (laughs) 
like right. visually it doesn't look good and yeah like you said i know yeah we try not to use that word gamey because it makes it sound like games are this thing but yeah gamey like it looked really yeah. like just old-fashioned gamey of like like just mechanics that again we hope video games are growing out of mm-hmm. yeah man uh do you want to what do you, do you <laughs> want to talk about start? the game or do you want to talk about the glitches or what do you want to talk about <laughs> so okay i'll give you my first impressions loading up the game it okay so i knew that, that these it are really was gonna the first have, impressions it was gonna have these dark soul elements to it as far as like if you died you could go back and recollect your xp and all your stuff and so i knew there was that element i have only played a few hours of Dark Souls 3. I get why people like it, not necessarily my cup of tea. Anyway, so the game, you're setting up the game and it's like starting rank Jedi Knight for those that are new to melee action games. And I was like, no, I've, I've got this. I've, I've played games. Like, I'll be fine. I'll go to Jedi Master. <laughs> <laughs> and I think very quickly I was messaging you and just being like, this is fucked. I keep dying. I can't play this game. It takes a fucking long time for you to respawn, which just kills any momentum in the game. So, being a massive Star Wars fan, I'm like, I want, feed me all this like new canon and story stuff. Like, I want it, I want it. But like, I would die right away and then it would take minutes to respawn. And I'm like, uh, this is like just, you're losing me. And, and then, to be often, clear, we're both playing on an X. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. And then also, it, doesn't look as pretty as some of those trailers like some of it especially with some of the quality that is out at the moment some of it doesn't look that great going from death stranding's faces yeah. to then this is one of the most jarring things i've ever done yeah yeah <laughs> like, it really it was, was insane and then the respawn times as i was saying it was taking a really long time and then off and because it's like dark souls it respawns you back on like these little mini save spots that you have. Sometimes often they're like really far from where you've trekked from. And and so for me personally, because I was like wanting something very immersive in the, the narrative, I was finding it very frustrating that I was like losing all this momentum and like constantly backtracking and going forward. And then I ended up moving it down back to Jedi night level and slowly started finding my way into it. And, and you would message me and you're like, oh yeah, I put my dark souls hat on and once i started playing it like that it became a bit easier and and so i took that approach as well i was like okay i'm gonna take my time with these with these fights you know i'm gonna parry and dodge more and know when the breaks are to attack and and that made it i started kind of getting a foothold in the game after that point and you helped me with that because i I just started playing it for you because i'm i'm ahead in time i'm in the future Mm-hmm. Um, but then you had started playing it and got further than me the next day and then you would message me all these frustrations and I'd been like, okay, okay, let's get to know. I'm going to go in like with my Dark Souls hat on it and it definitely did. That helps a lot and it yeah. just, I think that's just a switch in your brain to know this is a different way you have to play this and I don't mm-hmm. think that's a knock against the game at all. I think that's kind no. of cool that I wanted to do something like that. What I do think is a knock against stealing from Dark Souls is the mechanics then of how your level layout has to be and yeah, how you know when someone dies, how frustrating that is allowed to become, and then how satisfying a victory is to make that all worth it. And while I think the combat's actually good in this game, and the more mm-hmm. you unlock, like the more interesting it becomes and quite satisfying, it's not Dark Souls good in terms of perfect chess, you know, mechanics and how you're playing and how you're powering. 
and the level design for sure for sure my i mean my biggest frustration i think i agree with everything you said so far like it does not look good uh, I, I that's i'm gonna go further than you i don't think it looks good uh, just full stop but that's fine if the gameplay's there and i do think the gameplay is good enough but like the level design just doesn't it's so confusing the map is a fucking nightmare lee who's been playing it was like oh don't get me started on this map it drives me crazy like it yeah. tells you where you're meant to go and you open it up and it's just huge gaps between everything in the map it's like i don't know fuck i'm gonna get from this thing to this thing to this thing and mm-hmm. then you trek through it all and when you open up those shortcuts in dark souls and bloodborne there are these beautiful moments where you've been battling for attrition and then you open up a shortcut and it means everything because you suddenly understand a whole new perspective on this world and where you are and all this stuff that's not true here like this is it's not smartly designed like that you never get that like oh that feels amazing it's always Mm -hmm. like ah oh wait did i do that already maybe i should head down here for a second just to check (laughs) you know and there's been points where i'm like forget where the shortcuts are and where they lead and i'm just like okay this game design isn't is not good enough for that kind of dynamic it isn't it just isn't Mm. and then they give you a bunch of planets and i don't think this is a spoiler to say but there are about there's a handful of planets to go to which basically means there's a handful of levels to go to because that's what they are and they unlock three of them basically right from the beginning Mm -hmm. and then a fourth one very very soon after that Mm -hmm. so then you're just waiting the game for that last one basically last two Oh, there's another one, is there? Yeah. Oh, okay. I was reading. I did like Google searches for it and everyone said there's just five. So there's six, is there? Well, maybe the this, this sixth one is the last chapter. Maybe you can't go back to it Okay. to okay. re-explore. Like a special thing. And we did, to clarify, we both made a mistake of going to, what was it, Dothamir? Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. Darth Maul comes from. It was a bad idea. Because that's, that's apparently the trickiest planet and there's nothing to tell <laughs> you not to go there. So yeah. we were both like, yeah, let's go there. Yeah, and that was so hard and just so frustrating. And I, yeah, I was really not enjoy. I mean, I I have got into it more, and I think for me the biggest force pull is, and I got to give them credit here, is I think they really nail the tone of of a good Star Wars story. Like you said to me, in a message, the score and the music is really great. Yeah, I think the cool. characters are really great, and it's a really interesting angle and 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 that's been the driving force for me because it's like i just love all that star wars lore so i'm like cool this is great new sort of story to add to the canon and i can appreciate that but yeah i've i've struggled with with much of the gameplay you haven't had this experience but mine has been incredibly incredibly glitchy my copy is a digital download i don't know if that has anything to do with it i don't think it mine is too we're both yeah. on digital downloads. We're both playing on the X. You're sending me videos, and I hope maybe like if people stay to the end of this podcast, say your account, like you can get some of these up or something. Yeah. Because I couldn't believe it. You were telling me yours was being glitchy, and I was like, well, I haven't really had any problems. I've had a couple, but nothing huge. You were sending me these videos one night. I got back from a night out with some friends in London and I had like seven videos from you. And I just loved hearing your <laughs> voice as you went through these. You're like, man, I'm I'm so fucking pissed right now. I'm <laughs> so this oh, oh this fucking game. <laughs> okay, so to explain how it's the glitchiness has kind of played out for me. Initially, it would begin. The times that I start to notice it is when I would travel between planets, and when the ship there on the Mantis would come out of hyperspace and head to uh, and start landing on the planet. Often, 
like I would just see the image of the the mantis and none of the world or the backgrounds would have rendered or it would just like gradually render and appear as it lands. And I was like, okay, cool. That's a kind of cut scene, whatever. I can, I'll let that slide. You know, they'll, they'll pack. What could be harder to render than a cut scene that you're not interacting <laughs> with? Yeah. And I was like, okay, that, that'll be fine. Whatever. And it happened a couple of times to let it slide. And then I was getting deeper into the game and I think I was back on Dothamir. And so at this stage, this is late in the game because I think I'm pretty close to the end now. So I'm really leveled up. I'm diving deeper into Dothamir and bits of the world and the world that I'm interacting with and that I need to either jump onto or hang off or whatever to progress are not rendering. And there's like bits of world that aren't appearing and suddenly I don't know where I have to go or what I have to do. I'm checking the map. Some of the map's not loading and not in a way where it's like you were saying before, it's like it doesn't show you where you have to go and you kind of have to unlock it. This was just like the map wasn't loading and I was like, okay, this is kind of crazy. I think I logged out and logged back in and then there was one bit again where it's like, I don't know where I am and I walked forward and then I was literally falling through the sky and this is when i started sending you videos of just like my character falling for a long time and nothing would be there and he would just be falling and falling and then he would land on a bit and i'd realize i'd be in another part of the world and i'd go to move and then he would drop again and he would fall again and i was like what the fuck and so i reloaded it and then again none of the backgrounds had rendered and so i just left it and then suddenly they would like appear one by one and gradually. And there was like another bit of a video I sent you where it's like I needed to, there was like meant to be a hanging rope because I was trying to get back to my ship. So I knew I had come this way and there was no rope. There was like a statue floating and there was like big holes and chunks missing. And then suddenly it all appeared. And then the bit that really pissed me off. So I was like, fuck, this is so good. It's crazy. And the bit that really pissed me off. And this is a little... Spoiler Don't say right. what it actually is. You can just say it's like a very key story. Okay, moment. so yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a key story moment, a very key story moment. That up until that point, I was like, I had seen someone mention it, so I knew it was kind of coming, but I was like really excited for this moment to see how it um played out. <laughs> and suddenly there was like no floor beneath me, and two floating characters, enemies <laughs> underneath me, and just like one little fan in front of me. And I sent you that video and I was just so annoyed because it was like such a key story moment and it was fucked. It was <laughs> so honestly, fucked. Your voice progression for these is so, so good. <laughs> <laughs> and I just got back from this long fucking night out. It was like four in the morning and I just started. I was like, what are all these videos that Alex has sent me? So I downloaded them. I don't know if your voice comes across in any of these. We'll see. Hang on. Glitchy bullshit. <laughs> Your guy's just like falling forever while swimming. I've never played a game this glitchy. Look at this. <laughs> and you just like gradually. Glitchy piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I can't play the others because you're going to spoil the story in them. But 
<laughs> I'll, I have to, I'll have to post so them on my... You really do have to. They're quite... And they are phenomenal. And we're laughing about it. And again, they'll be fixed. And there are worse things in a glitchy game. Mm-hmm. But this is... I've, I agree. I've never seen a title this big be this glitchy. Yeah. And I, I had seen someone post online. They were like, yeah, fucking enjoying the game. But it is glitchy. And other people I noticed were like, really? You haven't experienced anything like that? Blah, blah, blah. And at that point, I just had those things like I was talking about before, where it was just like the cutscene of the landing. And But then, yeah, this was fucking crazy and at like this far in the game as well how does it work though like i mean we're all on the same console i mean you and i are on the same console mm-hmm. you know we're both digitally downloaded like how is it that different the experience is kind of I, crazy I, I don't know i really don't know i mean and i haven't had those problems and i'm really my i mean look i said to you here's the thing the game's fine it's totally fine and mm-hmm. it's a game that now I've got to the point where I can just switch. And I'm still playing it. I'm playing it more than Death Stranding, even yeah, though I'd too. much rather <laughs> there was more Death Stranding than Jedi. But it's because I know I'm going to like just fucking finish this game. Because it's mm-hmm. not that hard once you get into the right way to play it. Yeah. So, I was just like, yeah. I mean, every now and then it does something and I'm just like, fuck you. But I'll just keep playing it. But now I'll just like, yeah, put a podcast on, put some music on, turn the volume down. If a cutscene comes in, I might turn it up. Might not, to be honest. Yeah. And I just like, I'm playing it just sort of like, it's one of those ones you can zone out and just play this game because it's just one of those sort of, honestly, it's not that hard. And that's where I've sadly now got to with it where it's just like, this is fine. It's totally fine. But it's basically taking, yeah, bits of Tomb Raider, but not doing it as well. Bits of Dark Souls. I mean, it's certainly nowhere near it. People have mentioned Uncharted. They can fuck right off. This is nothing in the world of uncharted in terms of characters writing animation puzzles world building like any of that stuff it's more like the new tomb raider games which i think are decent games Mm -hmm. but it's not doing most of that as well it's then taking bits from dark souls not doing that as well and then bits from yeah metroid games i have little to i don't know maybe it's doing that bit well but it meshes them all together into something i think is a decent game you know with some highlights some lowlights but it's a decent game the thing that makes me more angry about it isn't the glitching and it's not even, yes, the backtracking, which for me, it's not even the backtracking that's Metroid-y. It's the backtracking where they get you to bury yourself in a maze of a level. And then you finish the bit that you can do at that point in the game. And then they go, yeah, now you get out of it. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. I thought they were kidding because Dark Souls would always just have like, oh, no, here's this perfect thing that then like takes you for a lift. And now you're back by your ship and off you mm-hmm. go. You know, like that's how that. No, they're just like, no, no, no. Fuck you. Get out yeah. of it. There's a couple of moments where they do give you that kind of shortcut ride back to yep. your ship. But there's a lot of it where it is, yeah, literally just... Dig yourself out of this wasp nest. Out. And all the enemies, by the way, they're all back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and yeah, there's a shortcut. But good luck finding it. Like, it's, yeah. just, it's just like... And then you go into your map and I study it for like five to ten minutes. And I'm like, I don't... I don't fucking know. And I try to like go a certain direction, then you just hit a wall and then suddenly an enemy comes and then you're like, it's just, so every time that happens, I literally, I literally just like, fuck you. I'm never playing you ever again. But then it was something about the game that by the next day, I'm like, all right, I'll put it back on and just put on the podcast and just turn my brain off and try and play for it. But yeah, what makes me more angry about it is the fact that everybody is calling it game of the year. And I'm like, in what world is this a game of the year? Yeah. Oh, another like comparison that was sort of thrown about as well early on was was God of War, and I'm like, this is nowhere near 
come on, as good as God of War. Because, I mean, it's similar in that sense of God of War was still a very, you know, you had your different worlds and it was all still very directed as far as where you could go and what you could do. Yeah. But there was still something about that, even though it wasn't an open world game, that felt very immersive and felt very personal. And you don't have that as much here. And for me as a Star Wars fan, it's like I want a truly immersive experience in a Star Wars game. Because everything was dialed up. Like God of War is a game where like, yeah, the writing's excellent, the mm-hmm. acting's excellent, the graphics yeah, are phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, it looks incredible. Phenomenal. Like the music's incredible, the gameplay's superb. Like I don't love that game as much as other people, but it's, a, it's an excellently crafted game. This is a game where every single thing that we just listed is dialed down from that. And, and actually, a thing that blew my mind in one of the levels I got to recently, which is something I haven't seen in games for a long time. It's okay, so using God of War as a reference, you'd have these amazing cutscenes, and Uncharted is the true, true example of this. You'd have these amazing cinematic cutscenes, and smoothly and without any alteration in the graphics and how it looks suddenly the action begins and your thrust from cutscene into action almost sometimes without realizing it because it would be so seamless. There was a bit, uh, and maybe yeah, when you get to it, we can talk about it if, to see if you notice it, where it was like cutscene and cutscene graphics and then suddenly the character that I was interacting with like looked different and looked like a poorer version of what he was in the cutscene. And I realized, right. oh, it means the action's about to start. Oh, and I was like, that has not happened. When did you last experience something like that in a game? Like, it looks so bad. It, like, really, really, like, it was so jarring in the shift from, yeah, it, that yeah. blew my it's mind. It's really and, old. It feels like, yeah, PlayStation 2 ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On PlayStation 3 level, but not PlayStation 4. Like, this just doesn't, it doesn't feel, I, I'm honestly baffled by it, but I keep having this with quite a lot of stuff where I was saying to Lee in the film podcast where I'm just baffled by some of the things people are like getting really excited about. I'm like, yeah. How have you seen, have you watched a movie before? Have you played a game? But like, like, I, I, Lee came through because I suddenly like screamed at the TV and he's like, what's wrong? <laughs> I was like, man, this fucking game, I just unlocked a new ability in this game for my little bb1 and then i turn around and it does it three times and it does it every time and i turn around and like literally you know from the same place not even going down a hallway or anything, you just turn around and now there's a puzzle that i can only solve with that new ability yeah yeah like i can only and it's just the most stupid game kind of like old school mentality mm-hmm. of like oh yeah now we've got this new thing okay here's your new power off you go. Now you can do this thing that's next to you. It's like what that doesn't it makes no world sense. Yeah. It yeah. only makes game sense. And that for me is like God of War and Uncharted and all that stuff. They're experts at making you feel like it's a world that's living and your, you know, the mm-hmm. game side of it is feeding into that. This is just so fucking lazy with that stuff. Yeah. It really and I can't believe it's respawn. Like I really can't, but what I can't believe even less is that everybody loves it as much as they do. And it's totally fine. Like, again, I would give this maybe a 6 out of 10, maybe 6.5. If someone gave it a 7, I wouldn't be angry, you know, as long as it didn't have the glitches that you had in it. (laughs) But I just don't understand how it's getting like nines and how people are calling it a masterpiece and all this stuff. I can't comprehend it. No, I'm in the same boat with you. I mean, I think it's an enjoyable game. It's certainly better than like, this is part of it's like wants to say it's a serviceable game. It's better than that. 
but it's yeah it's, i think it's far from a masterpiece i feel in my personal experience i've absolutely experienced the worst of this game <laughs> yeah, but um, a lot more fun <laughs> yeah way more fun and some good video footage but yeah it is far from polished to the level that that sort of people seem to be suggesting it is. I don't think that this is like compared to its peers now, I don't see that this is any better at all than yeah, the Force Unleashed games were compared mm-hmm. to their peers then. I would even argue less compared to its current peers, you know. Yeah. Like, you um, know, there's and and the thing that I keep going back to, and I think I said this to you in one of our text exchanges, was that okay, so yeah, you mentioned a second ago that, you know, the lightsaber fighting in dynamics and mechanics it's, it's really good and it, it sounds great it, you know overall it, it feels pretty great and i understand maybe the wider public and star wars fan there's always that you know maybe there's a bigger desire to play jedi based games and to have that experience but i i just keep having moments when i'm playing this where i just can't help but think of the cancelled um amy hennig uncharted game Star Wars yeah. game, which was, which moved away from like that was another huge appeal was that it, it moved the Force was an element in that world and Jedi's existed, but you weren't going to play them. I think from from what I remember reading, like right. you're going to be smugglers in the sort of outer rim, and like that would have been so fucking cool. And I still just think of that one little image that they released one of shot. that guy, one shot of the guy walking through, like you know, sort of Moss Eisley style world. And I'm like, fuck. Like, uh, to, and, and even going back to what I was saying about Outer Worlds, like having something like that set in the Star Wars world where it's truly more immersive, that that for me is like my personal taste and sort yeah. of longing of what I want from a Star Wars game now. Because, yeah, this seems, or even like a new sort of Knights of the Old Republic, something a bit more immersive because this just feels like it is rehashing a lot of old ground and and borrowing a lot of elements from from bigger titles that are more sort of contemporary but like you said not sort of necessarily doing it any better or in in ways that are you know being a bit more reinvented it's every every planet screams video game level completely yeah it it never feels like a planet yeah Um, and that's fine again but this feels to me yeah just like a stopgap to the real star wars game but unfortunately, I don't know what that is or if it's coming. But yeah, again, like to give it credit, it, narratively and, you know, the, the whole tone and, and the score, like you're saying, I think they got that right. Yeah, the score is definitely my favorite thing. All right. We are two hours, 20 minutes into the <laughs> podcast. So uh, that's, we just got used to doing film podcasts where we go on for ages. So I think now yeah. we feel like we can. We haven't talked about The Mandalorian and we do need to quickly talk about Mandalorian since we're talking mm-hmm. Star Wars because uh, the two major things that came out in the same week was yeah, Jedi Fallen Order, The Mandalorian came to Disney Plus if you're in America or other countries that can get Disney Plus because of weird licensing things. England doesn't get it until March 2020. Which is nuts. Other that countries might nuts. never get it. For it's, real? It's fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some where like, I've seen people tweeting like, well, at least you have it. We don't even have it scheduled at any point of appearing. Uh, and a lot of it's just down to licensing with Netflix and other things because they want to get all the Marvel movies back and stuff like that. Right. So it's not necessarily Disney's fault, but it's a very frustrating thing. Just to be clear, we don't hear um, support, you know, piracy and people taking away money from places. I feel very ethically okay with how I'm getting to watch this stuff and I will be buying it for sure. As soon as Disney Plus is out, I will buy that and I will buy this on Blu-ray if it ever comes to Blu-ray and I'll buy it on iTunes and all that stuff just because I want to support this stuff. 
But yeah, Mandalorian, if people don't know about it, tough, go and read about it. We're not going to tell you about that. We're just going to tell you how we feel about it. But this is the first live action Star Wars TV show ever? Uh, Christmas special. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Which now John Favreau is saying they want to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Yeah, not much was known about it. Uh, we live in LA where people were seeing shooting bits, so we kept seeing like pictures mm-hmm. of people like quite near us, like taking photos of it. Obviously, meant to be about the Mandalorians, which lots of people wondered if it was going to be about Boba Fett or about yeah, what's his kid called? Or oh, Jan- Jango Fett, or oh, his Jango dad Fett, was yeah. Jango Fett. Boba Fett is yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's the kid, the clone son. So just to clarify, then, if the video game is set just after Revenge of the Sith, this is set just after Return of the Jedi, right? Yep. So five years again. So the Video games five years after Revenge of the Sith. This is five years after Return of the Jedi. The Empire's fallen. The New Republic is forming. However, we're sort of again on the outer rim of the galaxy where the influence of the New Republic has not quite reached. Well, even during the time of the Empire, it was like the outer rims were always about smugglers and bounty hunters and the criminal underworld. So, it's more of that. We're only two episodes in right now. I know the third episode will mm-hmm. be up by the time this podcast goes out. And they have a weird, a bit of a weird structure with some of these, which I didn't expect the second episode to come three days later or whatever. It was strange. Yeah, there's um, a weird release schedule yeah. thing. Yeah. And they're also kind of just as long as they want to be. They're around about half an hour, but some are a little bit longer. I love that. I fucking love that. Absolutely. I love that it's just as long as it needs to tell that episode. Absolutely. It's I know. Good. I agree. I think it's one of the things I admire the most of anybody working in tv is to be able to tell your story is hard enough but to tell it to an exact second is like come on Mm -hmm. that's crazy yeah the trailers to this looked cool Mm -hmm. you and i haven't actually expressed how we feel about it uh, which is the opposite of the video game (laughs) Mm. yeah so i was watching this with my mom too the first episode at least we watched together yeah how do you want to talk about it (laughs) well did just, I don't know. <laughs> How do you feel, Al? <laughs> Rip the band-aid off. <laughs> do you want I me mean, to start? Sure. The public have been pretty positive, I feel. Yeah. So, I've been watching this with Bethany. About five minutes into the first episode, I turned to her and said, I may be jumping the gun, but this is the best Disney-created <laughs> Star Wars content. <laughs> and... So far, overall, I'm standing by that. I've been hugely impressed. I think some of it, some of it, just amazes me how good it looks for a television production. I think some of it looks better than some of the films, and I think because of its limitations being on TV, they've gone back to using a lot of practical makeup and effects, which for me pulls it back towards that original trilogy as far as feel. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. And narratively, the first episode twist, which is now all over the internet, really caught me by mm-hmm. surprise. So, yeah, I've, I've, I've really enjoyed it. I, I, you know, I think this is sort of definitely alongside the kind of tone that I like. I think it's tonally similar to Rogue One. The opening, I felt, had that sort of feel. In the, Even within the first episode, it has moments where it edges, like it, it not edges, but you very much feel the Disney part of it where it kind of leans in a bit more yeah. to the, the the child aspect of it which is fine star all star wars has always had that i think it carries enough of the, the sort of wit and and humor of 
the original Star Wars. I think if you watch the first episode, the kind of the last sort of battle with Taika Waititi's uh, bounty hunter character, like their little banter as they're in the battle, is very much a throwback to the kind of original trilogy where they, yeah, they could be in the the thick of something crazy and deadly, but there would always be that sort of witty banter, and so I've appreciated that. But yeah, I, I've I've loved it, man. I've really really loved it. So I'm going to start with two criticisms. One is yeah, kind of what you're touching on is that. And this isn't a criticism, this is a personal taste criticism, which is that it definitely feels Disney in terms of everything is very safe for the family to watch. Like there's a moment in that very first scene where he chops someone in half Mm -hmm. and they expertly direct around it so that you know what's happening, but you don't see anything. And with all of the sort of violence that's happened, there hasn't been a drop of blood, green or otherwise, that I've noticed like anywhere. It's very, very sanitized, and you know, we want this to be safe for all the kids to watch. And I, again, I don't think that's a wrong, in, wrong instinct for them to go with. For me personally, yeah, it would be nice to have a little bit more bite to that stuff. Yeah. And there's a moment in the first episode where they ride something, and there's a whole yeah. section of it where it looks a little... Where, that was the lo- bit that I was thinking of. Absolutely. It looks a little too CGI and a little bit goofy, but... There's so much practical stuff going on in here, you know, like that's a rare thing. Those two criticisms that I have are pretty much it, honestly. Like, I think it's, yeah, I'm with you. Like, I think it's so fucking good. Like, the tone of it is so great. The fact that, yeah, he hasn't removed his helmet yet, which I hope continues. It's mm-hmm. so fucking cool. The journey of it, it's totally a Western in, you know, in space, like 100%. Yeah. This is a Western and they made that clear from the beginning. The first episode is directed by a guy who's never directed live action before. He's only done pretty much all the Star Wars, Clone Wars, and Rebels and stuff like that. Like he does oh, yeah, animated TV shows. Dave, Dave Filoni, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. Uh, I think so. Yeah. And so, but it looks phenomenal. The grade, I have to say, the colorist, whoever's the fucking mm-hmm. colorist on these, it's so fucking beautiful. Like it's yeah. sumptuously colored to the perfect amount where it's got color in it and vibrancy and tone. But it also feels, yeah, grounded and earth-like and gritty is the wrong word, but you know what I mean. And they, yeah, they're doing very smart stuff with how they're combining the the practical effects with a little bit yeah. of digital stuff on top of them. It, it, it's it's I've it's so good that what you and I have talked briefly about, and I'm extending now, is I'm currently editing them together as we go along. I've already done the first two, and they work really well together. I'm going to continue to edit these into what will, I presume, be like a four-hour movie. Mm-hmm. And then I think you, me, and Christina have to review this as a movie, as part yeah. of the actual Star Wars new canon, because it's that good. Oh, yeah. Like, I it should be judged agree. against everything else that's coming out right now, I feel. Yeah. Um, and I'm really, I really hope it continues that way. I really hope by the time we get to episode eight, isn't it? And it's eight episodes. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, will still feel this way and it will still be that good. And that editing it together is then going to be really interesting to see it as just a movie. Yeah. And a fucking epic movie. And I think they've already, they're either, they've either already started or it's just been greenlit, but the season two is up and running. Right. I mean, it makes for sense. this already. And a great thing as well for me, as far as the kind of character development so far of these two episodes is. Yeah, keeping his helmet on is fucking cool. Keeping his dialogue just very, very minimal, super cool. But then also, I think it would have been easy to set him up as, yeah, this fully formed bounty hunter who's got it figured out and 
is like of a very elite level. But you slowly, you get that feeling in that opening scene in the first episode. But as it kind of progresses, you realize, actually, he's still figuring a lot of shit out. He hasn't got it all together. No, he's very fallible. He just keeps going. He just keeps going. And it's very much like, uh, it becomes clear, like it's very much a sort of lone wolf and cub setup. And he has that feel. It feels like a Western, but it also is like, yeah, this feels like a samurai movie because he's just making mistakes, but he's just going to keep piling forward and he might die. Uh, Although we know he won't because it's Disney. But, (laughs) you know, he's got that mentality of like, he's just going to keep moving forward. Um, Mm -hmm. He's such a great character. And I was worried his voice was going to be too sort of charming, you know, but I think it's just about fine. It's just on that line. Yeah. And I'm definitely worried knowing who they cast it. You know, if he took his helmet off, he's going to be too damn handsome, which is going to be... Oh, you don't know. You don't, don't know what he looks like, or you have deliberately yeah. not looked. No, no, no. I have, okay. I have, I have, and that's what right. concerns me. It's like I don't right. want to see that face. I want to pretend yeah. this is something else because I don't need a handsome person under there. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm desperately hoping. And yeah. the stormtroopers yeah. that we do see looked fucking cool. Like just how oh, their so cool. their fucking outfits were already sort of like tatted and stained. And, yeah. Oh, so many cool design oh, choices. Man. I know a lot of people prefer to see uh, episode two a little bit because a little bit more happens. I'm going to say I love them both, but I would just give the edge to episode one personally because it's a little bit more peaceful. A little less happens in it, which I kind of enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And again, we've got droids because you have to have droids. That droid's fucking great. Like it's so well designed. Just yeah. the rotating aspect of it is awesome. Yeah. Like honestly, it's just all great. The music's great. The, the, just the just the pacing of it is really cool and having them as these half hour things normally i prefer my episodes to be longer because i want to like really get into a meaty story but they're actually i think they're great it's these more bite-sized half an hour episodes yeah. is really cool yeah i've really appreciated that too because they're sort of short both times i've watched the episode the night it was released and then the next day i've gone and rewatched it well so one star wars thing we're not so keen on <laughs> And one Star Wars thing we're very keen on, <laughs> yeah. which is, you know. I mean, I am still definitely sticking by it that, that I think Disney have nailed this one. I think it's so far anyway, and I think it's definitely their best. Well, I mean, and let's give credit. It's John, John Favreau, really. You know, it's his, mm-hmm. this one's his baby, which, yeah, isn't surprising. Yeah, but that's why I want to judge it as a movie so then we can actually place it, you know. We'll re-rank everything and place this in. Ooh. And, and just a before riser because this will be just because this finishes when does this finish actually i think this finishes just before rise comes out cool i think it's timed that way yeah let me look so we'll um, we'll do both of those podcasts basically one after the other so it'll be two nice podcasts to sink our teeth into alex is looking it up right now looking it right up. and you know yeah and i and i wonder if it's deliberate that it's gonna and right, I mean, I wonder if there's going to be anything in this that will lead in. Well, I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't lead in as no, far as the timeline, but it's something. Yeah, maybe, but I hope not. I really do. I like that this is just being its own thing. I hope there's very few references. It's one of the reasons why it's frustrating me all of the Yoda talk because it's like I don't, I don't. We don't need everything to be tied in. So I'm mm-hmm. happy that this isn't. It's cool that we recognize some of the species and some of the whatever, but you know, yeah. Now Alex is just looking at Pornhub. Pornhub Mandalorian. <laughs> oh, there's got to be some Mandalorian Pornhub. So actually, the last episode comes out after. Oh, really? Yeah, it comes out December 27th. And that's the episode directed by Taika Waititi. Okay, well, we'll talk about which way around we'll review those because we're going to try and do obviously Rise as soon as we can. 
So we might so, have to do it that way around. So yeah, John we'll Favreau, I didn't realize he wrote every episode except one, which was directed by Dave Filoni, who, yeah, yeah did Rebels and Clone Wars. Yeah. No, no, no. He's, yeah, it's his baby. Another thing I've loved is none of the planets are ever named. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah, it's just like just that vibe in that second episode that that guy is so fucking, well, in the first episode, but like it's just so like that 80s Return of the Jedi labyrinth, you know, it just yeah. feels, feels of the world that Star Wars was created from, mm-hmm. the universe that Star Wars was created. I love it. It really does. Oh, can't wait for that new episode, man. Uh, and then the new episode, shit. yeah, exactly. The new X episode is shit, and it just <laughs> ruins. It's it just glitchy as hell, and it's just like, yeah, now backtrack through those last two episodes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Alex, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I doubt anyone's made it this far. It's two hours forty minutes. It's just you and me chatting to each other. But yeah, we whatever. should we should give people timestamps of each little segment. No, no, no. We just we just it. get to talk into the void. It's up to other people yeah. if they want to tune in. Um, Live I hard, don't... fish hard. <laughs> fish hard. Um, <laughs> which if you're drunk and you say it, might get you chucked out of a pub. <laughs> yeah, I don't get why people don't like long podcasts because I just pause a podcast. Like I'll just listen to half of it, pause it, and then catch up the yeah. rest, you know, when I do something else. Some people are, some people are just like, nope, I need to listen to all in one go, so that's too long, so screw that podcast. We're just giving you all this free stuff. Yeah, and like if you live in LA, there's traffic, put it on in the car. Switch it off when you get yeah. out, jump back in the car, just, listen to the rest. This is like a, or just, you know, this is like a one mile, it's like a one mile podcast pretty much in LA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'll get you just down the road. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go and eat something. Me and too. Then, uh, go to bed, probably. Going to watch some Big Bang Theory because my fucking mom just got into Big Bang Theory and she's never watched it before. And oh. I've never been into Big Bang Theory. And then I was watching it with her. She's on like the last season or whatever. And I was watching some of it with her just to like watch it with her. And I was like, this is fine. I've always been like, I don't like this, but I don't hate it. You know, it's like, this is totally, it is what it is. And then I kind of, I missed her when she left. She was down for like a week and I missed her. So I was like, okay, I'm going to just watch the first episode because it's intriguing when you're watching the last season to see how did this start. And it's so much better at the beginning, <laughs> like so much better than where it ends up like every sitcom. Yeah, and uh, those first sort of four episodes or five episodes, like these are actually good. Like these first four or five episodes are genuinely good, and then it gets not quite as good. But by that point, you're fucking hooked. <laughs> now I'm <laughs> fucking watching, and I resent it. But that's now what I'm doing. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna go do that. Well, Al, that is something I will never ever participate with you in. <laughs> that's totally fine. We're doing our Dawson's Creek podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, so. that. I will absolutely participate, yeah. Alex, where can people tell you their feelings about Jedi and send you their... Uh, well, actually, they just want to check out your videos you're going to upload of all of those beautiful glitches. Yeah, so I will probably give it a couple of weeks just so more people can play through the game a little bit. But you can... Actually, there's not some huge... Oh, there's maybe one big spoiler. Well, anyway. like, you could put up at least a couple of them. Yeah, and for then, like, sure. You could... Message me or see those videos on Twitter or Instagram at Alexander Chard. That's A-L-E-X-A-N-D-R-C-H-A-R-D. Yeah. And message me your thoughts on all those things we talked about today. Have you got this far? So much stuff. I'm Mr. Al White on Instagram and on Twitter and on Xbox and on the PlayStation 4. 
Uh, I don't think on Switch. I think of something else as well. On Switch, you don't get names, do you? You just get fucking mm. long ass number. <laughs> it's like a yep. Wi-Fi password. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To do that, and if you do want to support us, please do as usual. Go and check out Starfish and rent it or buy it or watch it for free on Hulu or something, and then rant about it on Letterbox. Yeah. For nice chatting, uh, Alex. The Pleasure world has got is always dark around you. While you've been there, which has been great. I just watched the room grow dark gradually around you. <laughs> I'm, I'm falling into an endless glitchy hole. <laughs> glitchy hole. <laughs> uh, I never thought I'd say that. Oh, glitchy, bitchy hole. <laughs> yeah. So for people who are listening, there there should be a game one if you want to, sorry, a movie one if you want to hear about Fright Fest Festival from Halloween and some other movies. Me and Tom sat down and talked about that. And you can listen every single Friday, obviously, to a horror podcast. Right now, it's me, Shannon, and Katie. We're talking about all of the 1980s every single year we're talking about a slasher film and two films from 1981 so if you like slashers or you just like hearing shannon be scared and cry then yeah, ah, check that out one of the great pleasures in the world really is we've, we've <laughs> and we've genuinely broken her it's been a great evolution that we've been on of Shannon, shannon's journey i suggest you start with the with the with the verses series then you go to the conjuring and then you go to this if you really want to get the canon of shannon <laughs> We're out, geeks. (laughs) Geeks.